Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. This week, we're going to be talking about our first brand new cards of the year 2024 with a little bit of murdery mystery mixed in there. Uh, but first, I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How's it going, buddy? It's going really well. I Good. You sound good. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm still somehow a tiny bit sick. Like, <laughs> I felt I felt 97% healthy mm-hmm. for like weeks now, and I just cannot shake this tiny, irritating, persistent cough. The three percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really annoying. But uh, everything else is going great. Uh, there's a big Otherworld event this weekend that Ooh. I'm going to go to. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the Otherworld event. It's like a... So Otherworld has its main event every year in October. And it does Yeah, two... I was going to ask that if it's October every year, like roughly yeah. the same time every year. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty much always the first weekend in October is the, the, the big event where we all go and, and play characters and put on the big performance. But there's two little sort of side events scattered throughout the rest of the year. Uh, one of them is called Guild Weekend. And that's just an opportunity for all of us to get together, like in the same camp, and sort of like uh, go over things, build things, repair things, just spend spend time together because we all really like sure. each other. That's yeah. what's happening uh, this coming weekend. I'm very excited about that. And then uh, sometime in the spring, there's going to be an event called Fortune Tide, which is a fundraising gala. Everyone wears gala. really fancy dresses. Nice. And there's like dancing and dinner. It's really nice. Do you get out your tuxedo? I don't own a tuxedo. I get out, so <laughs> I own one suit. Mm-hmm. It's the suit that my grandfather had tailored for him in the 70s. Oh, And solid. it fits me perfect. <laughs> and it's the only suit that I've had for the last 25 years. That's amazing. Like It didn't fit me perfectly 25 years ago, but that's right. about when I got yeah. it. And I started wearing it when I was like 17, and it's just still the best suit it's got a it's got a vest it's like dark navy blue pinstriped it's a Ooh. i look really good in that suit and i, I wear it very infrequently fortunately it's pretty dapper nice yeah cool sounds like you got an awesome weekend ahead of you next up our resident pdh phd liam what about your weekend what do you got going on Whew, i'm not entirely sure uh I think this weekend will just be taxes, filling out taxes. Yeah, I think it's, we're finishing ours, too. It's pretty straightforward. Wah-wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got to be done, you know? Yeah. One of those things, necessary evils, I yeah. guess, every year. Yeah. I'm super not thrilled about what I'm hearing from various people, but it, it'll it be fine. Yeah. I the The... PR tax plan that was passed in 2017, 2018 is finally it like it was a, a I don't know how to like a, a delayed slash in waves tax plan and it's finally mm-hmm. hitting the the last bracket and uh it's going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> it I a lot of people are owing that have never owed before or yeah. a lot of people are having astronomically low returns and so I just Right not excited for 
<laughs> filling that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that coming this year too. Yeah. I'm a little little nervous about it, but I guess we'll just we'll have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Sound like you were gonna say something, Dave. I was gonna ask how your weekend's gonna go. Oh, uh I don't think I actually have anything planned other than my games on Saturday evening as usual, but outside of that, I don't think I have any real plans. It's supposed to be pretty nice out finally the first weekend and I don't know, it feels like two or three weeks since we've had some decent weather, so I may try to do something outside, just get out of the house and into the sunshine for a little while. It's been gray for like a year and it's getting to me. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. Well, cool. Before we get into the main topic, let's do a little housekeeping here. Uh, if you like the show and you like what we're doing, consider supporting us over on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash the PDH pod. Uh, I don't remember. We had a new patron. I don't remember if I shouted them out during the live episode, but if not, here's another one. Uh, welcome Stillwind85 to the PDH pod patron family. Thank you for your support. It means a whole, whole bunch to all of us. Um, and just like Stillwind, by being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is uh, just about a hour or so like a little bonus episode extra content every week just sort of us catching up filling out the show notes going over new decks all that kind of fun stuff uh you also get early access to the episode and the show notes before the episode goes live on friday mornings i usually post those directly to patreon sometime thursday evening late thursday night that sort of thing and then finally you get access to the pdh pod discord server where you can chat in your own very special private channels with us with the crew with the other patron family members uh you can help with your decks you pretty much talk about whatever you want Someone's always in there and willing to talk about just about anything. And then uh, if you want to leave us a message over on speakpipe.com slash the PDH pod, you can leave us, I think, up to like a 90 second little voice message, maybe a couple listener questions or general, I don't know, whatever you kind of want to say over there, I guess, compliments, concerns, complaints, whatever. Uh, and then lastly, check us out on YouTube and Twitch. We're the PDH pod on both of those platforms. And the latter is where I stream the aforementioned spell table popper commander games every Saturday evening, uh, roughly about 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I think that keeps that house. Liam, what do you got for this week in Magic? Uh, this week in Magic is pretty straightforward. Uh, nothing too terribly out of the out of the water. I mean, got some secret layer announcements. Uh, I'll have more information on that next week because mm -hmm. the 2024 Winter Super Drop uh, drops on February 5th, which I think is Tuesday. Monday. Oh, yeah, that's Monday, coming up. Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It's Monday or Tuesday. And I'm having a tough time kind of like figuring out exactly how many drops and which drops contain which cards there are. So I'll just wait for the uh, <laughs> the, the super drop to happen. Uh, hopefully by the time we talk on Wednesday and then you hear this on Friday, the super drop isn't sold out. Right. But I can't promise anything. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's what I got. Yeah. The uh, raining cats and dogs deck went real quick. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I've, i'm kind of having trouble keeping up with them too and it's not like they've dumped 30 different secret layers on us in the last week it's just been like they've previewed a couple of them but it's just like i don't know if i'm just checked out of secret layer or yep. or what but i was kind of having a hard time like figuring out which is what and there's like some amsterdam promos for a convention out there and like I don't know. So so every time I saw a new card, I'm like, oh, is this a secret layer? Or is this like an in-person only thing that you get, you know, at a convention? Like, where is this going to be? Is it even yeah. on this continent? Uh, so Apparently we have, like, spoiler seasons for secret layers now, and they're not entirely, like, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. They're not entirely, like, organized. So I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, if it's left up to the 
to the Watsi Magic the Gathering Twitter account, and it's not going to be organized very well. Nope. Sure ain't. So, so yeah, look for, uh, you will not, don't expect any set reviews, episodes, uh, secret lair review episodes for these spoilers. I'll tell you that, so... Uh, speaking of set reviews, let's get into the main topic here. Uh, normally with each new set, well, not normally, we used to have two different episodes. We used to do one for reviewing all the commons and uncommons, and then and then another one the following week we would each build a deck that focused on one of the signpost uncommons from that set. And then we sort of realized after you know some internal conversation and talking to our patrons there that splitting that into two entire episodes, like back-to-back weeks, was like a lot of time spent talking about new cards, and it gets a little old every now and then. So uh, what we decided to do, we're going to follow the same structure we did for the Lost Caverns of Ixalan set review by combining those two ideas. And we're going to try to finish in a respectable amount of time. So we're going to go through some commons, go through some uncommons, and then uh, depending on how much time we have left after all that, we're going to sort of theorize, each sort of theorize a deck over a particular uh, signpost uncommon. And then, okay, I guess that's about it. Seeing we do, we do have a lot of ground to cover here. So it is a new set, so we need to start off with some new uh, mechanics. So, uh, Liam, do you want to describe those for the listeners? Yeah, I would love to. So, I want to go ahead and start with the returning mechanic that we have, the singular one. Uh, it is Investigate. <laughs> and Investigate is famously the uh, artifact token mechanic that Mark Rosewater hates the most. Uh, because they Really? Just, yes, because they decided to keyword it. Because they decided that the the Investigate keyword you know, would mean to make a clue token and that they would have things trigger based off of investigating. They actually like really hated that design space, which is why it took uh, four years for us to see the next variation, which was treasures, because they wanted to work <laughs> out the kinks. That's why we don't have a keyword that makes treasures. That's why uh, in the sets that feature treasures as a mechanical theme, uh, they tend to just care about artifacts in general, not just treasures being created. Uh, that sure. way the, the cards work outside of the set. So uh, he actually... it's it's famous on his blogatog a couple of posts where he actually regrets keywording the creation of clues and he wishes that going forward they just wouldn't use investigate but then you would get people asking why aren't you using investigate so yeah they just continue (laughs) to use the mechanic that exists yep so yeah no uh investigates back when you investigate you make a clue token the clue token has pay two mana sacrifice this artifact draw a card and go. there are other cards that also trigger when you investigate that means when you make that clue token from an investigate ability do the triggered ability pretty straightforward yeah in the new mechanics we have disguise which is basically morph you can mm-hmm. pay three mana to, to play the card face down uh, while it is face down as a two two creature with i think ward one it might be ward, ward two. two it is ward two okay mm-hmm. i wasn't entirely sure uh, but it is a 2-2 face, uh, creature while face down. Face down rules apply. Uh, it, it acts just like Morph, except it has Wood 2. It's great. Right. Uh, and there's like a separate disguise <laughs> cost to flip it face up, and you can do that anytime. It's a special action, just like Morph is. Yep. And because we got Morph, we got a Manifest variant. Uh, the Manifest variant is called Cloak. Whenever you cloak a card, you do it like you would Manifest. You take the top card of your library, you put it face down on the battlefield. It is a 2-2 creature with Wood 2. And I think you can turn it face up if it is a creature. I think you pay its yes. mana cost. Yep. Uh, yeah. The morph abilities I'm not super familiar with. I've never found them particularly interesting in terms of design, so I do my best to, to relate. But yeah. I, all I can tell you is that disguise is like morph, cloak is like manifest. The only difference is the face down creature has wood too. It's 
pretty cool. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, other than that, they were designed identically. Like, there's a whole, like, talking design with Mark Rosewater stream that was, like, an hour long where he talked about, like, when they were disgu- when they were designing the disguise and the cloak codes, they followed the exact same design rules that they used for Morphin Manifest. Uh, so, very really, the only difference between these mechanics is the, the wood, too. Okay, cool. We have Suspect. Suspect is a new designation. It is like... Ex- a, a, a designation is like Exot, right? A, when a creature is Exoted, it has special rules around it. When a creature yeah. is Suspected, it has special rules around it. Uh, for Suspect, those special rules are the creature has Menace and can't block. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so so it, it really, really wants you to attack. Uh, yep, and they and they can be unsuspected. It's not like, you know, they're suspected until they die or yep, something. Like yep. It can be there, multiple, multiple times suspected or unsuspected. Yep, uh, there are cards that will unsuspect a creature. Uh, multiple instances of suspect don't do anything. They don't stack. Uh, so it's just... My favorite thing about suspect is that uh, you can suspect anyone's creatures. Like if you feel yep. like there's benefit in suspecting your own because you want that menace, you can do that. If you really need your opponent's creature to not block, you can suspect their thing and then it can't block. Um, yeah. The the thing that I like about either of those situations is that no matter whose creature you're suspecting, it takes away one of your opponent's blockers. Yes. Oh, yeah, because of the menace or the can't block, yeah. Menace mm-hmm. or the can't block. Like if you need to get something through, suspect is going to help you get it through. Yep. yep. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. think that's going to play pretty nicely in Limited, it seems like. We also have a new mechanic called Collect Evidence. Uh, collect mm-hmm. Evidence is a cost. It's the best way to describe it. Yeah. It appears <laughs> on all kinds of things. It appears as a word cost. It appears as an additional cost to casting a spell. It appears as a like ETB cost to, to get a later triggered ability. It, it's on all kinds of things. Uh, collecting Evidence is when you are to collect evidence... You exile cards from your graveyard with combined converted mana value equal to or greater than the collect evidence. So if you're collecting evidence 6, you're looking to exile cards until you have exiled a collective mana value of 6 or more. Seems neat. I like that there's a way to utilize cards in the graveyard when there's a set that doesn't have a lot of graveyard-based mechanics. A lot of people are complaining the costs seem too high. I think a lot of the collect evidence costs seem very low. Uh... (laughs) Cause I think they're okay. Collect evidence... A lot of them will be covered with like one card. Uh, right. Collect evidence four and six. Like people are like, oh my gosh, it's so high. I'm like, that's like one to two cards. That's like a land cycler. Right. And you're good. <laughs> right. Collect evidence six is a land cycler. Collect evidence four is a turn four creature or a turn four spell. Or yeah, exactly. Or turn two and three creatures. Like, it, it's not that bad. Yeah, it was like when they you know printed or they created the discover mechanic they were trying to like redo and sort of fix cascade this is kind of like redoing and sort of trying to fix delve if you will sure that's one way to look at it uh yeah and and i i think that they've made a more broken version of delve but that's just <laughs> my personal opinion oh <laughs> well, yeah they've already had to ban discover cards too so <laughs> yeah. uh and then we don't have just a new mechanic but a new card subtype that is cases yep. Cases are an enchantment subtype with three abilities each. Uh, I'm not going to define them as triggered or activated or static abilities because those types of abilities can exist at any point (laughs) on the case. The first ability is always kind of just like something you get for playing the card, so it's not a do-nothing enchantment. The second ability is a solve uh, condition. You need to meet this condition at the beginning of your end step 
and meet the condition while it tries to resolve off the stack. If that is true, you have solved the case and you have unlocked the third ability, which can take the form of, again, a, a activated, static, or triggered ability. If it's a triggered ability, it'll trigger immediately. Uh, if it's static, it'll be on immediately. And if it's activated, you may activate it when you next have priority. Yeah, and I like the I like that to solve it is at the beginning of your end step, which means you can cast it and solve it in the same turn. I like that I quite agree. a bit. Uh, and I, I think overall, I'm going to dislike these more than classes. Uh, <laughs> classes had their own interesting set of rules that people just could yeah. not wrap their heads around, and I think cases are going to be very similar, because they put reminder text on the second portion out of a lot of them, but they weren't really explicit in that reminder text. It says something like, at the beginning of your end steps, if this case is unsolved, solve it. So I've already mm-hmm. answered a lot of rules questions where people are like, oh, I could meet the solve condition, or I could just wait till my end step. I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not <laughs> how that works. Uh-uh. You have to meet no. the solve condition at your end step. Yeah. And I, there's going to be so many gameplay errors at pre-release, it's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the new mechanics. Nice. Any of them that you're particularly excited about? Uh, I, I I like more investigate support, honestly. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like I said, the Morphin Manifest. I've never really big been big on those mechanics, despite their heavy featuring in Tokyo. Uh, so disguise and cloak, eh? They'll be okay. Cases. I just am not looking forward to the rules headache, <laughs> especially because there's one that like turns into a creature, and I'm just imagining someone yeah, trying like to some giant creature mutate yep. onto that, and I'm just like, please don't, <laughs> uh, please don't do that, please, please don't, don't do that. Thank you. I, you can't I, stop I'm, me. I'm someone. You can't, I'm you can't going stop to stop the Alcadron. <laughs> <laughs> there is a the collect evidence seems seems fun. I'm intrigued about that, but I I, I didn't see it on a lot of comments, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say collect evidence is probably what I'm most looking forward to. Nice. Yeah, I, I kind of am too. At first, I was like, "eh, this is sort of underwhelming." But the more I've sort of like thought about it and everything, it seems uh, of the new mechanics, I think I like that one quite a bit. All right. Cool. Before we get to the new cards, I want to get uh, ask Dave a question. Are you planning on doing some drafts for this set, like in person stuff, some limited stuff? I would. I know you love... skipped the last couple sets. Yeah. <laughs> so. I skipped the pre-releases for the last couple sets because every time every time the pre-release happened, there was an other world event that weekend. Mm-hmm. So guess what I'm doing this weekend? Oh, that's right. You just <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> in the woods of Connecticut from Friday afternoon to Sunday night. So I'm going to miss this pre-release. My LGS used to do a release event. So the 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 weekend after the pre-release, they would do a release yeah. event where mm-hmm. it was a uh, uh, a bundle. They called it the Bundle Rumble. You just get a bundle, and that's your sealed pool. And then you... There was no prize support. There was no prize structure. It was just you you, you pay for the bundle, you play in a tournament with the bundle. If you win first place, you get your name on a plaque. Right. Bragging rights, pretty much. I did eight of these events. Like, you can't do them anymore, because now there's, like set boosters in the thing yeah you can't really do uh sealed with set boosters yeah yeah, but now it's play boosters you can do that now it's play boosters maybe they'll come back um but yeah for a long time i I just wasn't doing them because they just weren't like working Mm -hmm, when when they were happening at my lgs i did like 10 of them i took third i took second place three times wow never first (laughs) 
<laughs> my boyfriend did exactly one of these with me. Took first place. Took first place. Yep. So, Blake, <laughs> if you're coming. listening, I haven't forgotten about that. He wants still, that plaque. Still mad about it. Still mad like, about it. Like, every... Every beat that I took second place in was a really bad beat, too. It was felt real bad. Yeah. Like, the last time we were in Ravnica, we had those, um... What were they? The, the, each, we had a cycle of, like, uncommon creatures that were for each guild. Like, the, the Night Vale Predator was black, black, blue, blue, right? Yeah. Sure. And, mm-hmm. like, Sunder Shaman is red, red, green, yeah, green. Yeah, Sunder Shaman, yep. So one of, the, one of the times I lost this event, someone played a five-color deck with four of those. And, oh, good. and no meaningful mana fixing. He had a single <laughs> rupture spire and no other fixing in his deck. And he had them turn four every single game. Oh my god. Like if, if Night Vale Predator was the one in his hand, then he had black, black, blue, blue on turn four ready to go. <laughs> if Sunder Shaman was the one in his hand, he had red, red, green, green ready to go. Five color deck, no fixing, continually, routinely hitting these four cost creatures. On turn four, four colors, I got mana screwed and lost. And I am still mad about it. <laughs> like, still mad. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah, That's no, a lot to feels, put up with. Feels really bad. Uh, but yeah, feels bad. <laughs> uh, if, if they're doing that next weekend, I'll try, to, I'll try to head out to one of those. Sure. I love drafting, but I like routinely am like, too busy on the weekends to do drafting these days. So I don't yeah, do a lot of that. I, I really do love the... The structure of drafting, the concept behind it, the activity of drafting, I just literally, well, A, I'm not very good at it, and B, I just don't really have time to do a lot of drafting. So I right. like to you know, listen to uh, podcasts or content about drafting, and I like to talk to people about drafting. I just don't, so the, I don't have a lot of time to do it myself. I'll say the thing that I, I love, I think, I'll, I'll say like more than any other way to play Magic, I think, is getting people, getting friends, like trusted friends, people that I know, to come to my house and draft with my sealed product. Mm. I think like that that's CLB way more box fun. You get on the shelf back like there. the CLB box I got on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I got a, I got a box of, uh, caverns of Ixalan, got a box of, uh, Dominaria remastered. Like mm. I want people to oh. come to my house and like, drink just my primed and ready and for some drafting. draft. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Haven't had a chance to, to rock it yet. So yeah, I do want to do that. I want, I think this, this set looks pretty fun for drafting, but I, it's not in the immediate future. Hopefully, it's in the m- middle distance future. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so let's go ahead and t- talk about some new cards here. We went ahead and, you know, if you're familiar with our set review episodes, we don't go over every single common. We don't go ever- over every single uncommon creature. We sort of, like, cherry-pick the ones that we think, A, that we really like for some reason, or B, that we think are going to make sort of an impact on the Popper Commander format. We do that for the commons and the uncommons. So our lists are kind of abbreviated. I was going to start with Dave, but I see you don't have any white cards here. I don't so. have any uh, white cards. <laughs> the white... So there's there's exactly one white card that excites me in the set, and it's on your guys' lists, and I want to hear you talk about it. Yeah, so uh, Liam, why don't you start us off with that white card? Yeah, absolutely. So the white card that I have selected is called make your move yep make your move is tuna white for an instant you destroy target artifact enchantment or creature with power for or greater yep so for those that are i guess i at this point i can say long time listener can't i it's almost two years i know right that's that Weird. makes me upset long time <laughs> listener. that makes me delighted so, I know, so, right. so 
It makes me feel old. Uh, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> so says so, the what? Fifteen-year-old? How old are you? Twenty-one. Uh, says the twelve-year-old. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super old. So, for those that have been listening for two years, uh, you will know about my fascination with the three and four mana green instance to destroy target artifact enchantment or creature with flying and yep. how ecstatic I am every time we get a variation of that, uh, whether it's a three mana instant that still hits all three or a four mana instant that has like some extra ability, like the, uh, the scry one from uh, Lord of the Rings. Scry mm-hmm. one is still three mana. Oh, is it? Okay. I thought it was. It's better was than you sure. think. I, I didn't want to say it was three mana and, and look stupid. No, it's definitely I, three. Okay, I, I, I figured if saying it's not, it was then four, I'll look stupid for you. I'd, I was I figured that saying it was more than it was doesn't make you look as stupid as saying it was less than it was, but I don't know. Anyway, this card <laughs> phenomenal. Still hits artifacts. Still hits enchantments. Hits creatures that white hits. I know yep. white does not get murder. I know white does not get bolts. But honestly, hitting the threat at the table in a format where four power tends to come with four toughness, phenomenal. Yep. Love this. And to make it even better, it has phenomenal art. I mean, yeah, chess really pieces, does. the Selesnian knocking over the Golgari. I mean, yep. yeah, and white, it's really fighting, just... white fighting black, not really my thing because, like, you know, Mardu, but, you know, <laughs> if I had to pick one over the other, it's going to be white. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I saw this art and I was like, man, I don't even care what that does. That's going in a deck somewhere. And then I saw it was common. And I was like, oh, wow, it's going in like five decks. So. Yeah, yeah, this is super good, super good. Oh, it's, it's, you know, so it's, I've seen it compared to a handful of cards like Destroy Evil, Generous Gift, all that sort of thing. Sure, it's yeah. like one yeah, more mana than Destroy Evil, gift, but you get but... that extra mode of artifact hate, which right. is super nice, you know. So, like, like people, know. people that are hating on this card seriously don't play the three mana instance in green and. Y'all are missing out. Like, <laughs> really, those are super powerful because I never used to play them until, you know, I'm a longtime host of the show and I was listening to you one day and you're going on and on about your green instance, your three mana instance. And I started like every now and then slotting them into decks and they just, they just perform. Like, they, they, the just, <laughs> they just perform. That, yep. That's it. Like, <laughs> yep. And now we got the, uh, and I like that they're making these, well, they're making their move to where white's like, going back to or focusing harder on destroying certain types of creatures or power yes. this toughness that instead of like attacking creature or destroy this attacking creature or destroy this tapped creature you know those are a little harder to pull off i like these uh these variations of that what do you think dave i i really like this card i i'll be totally honest i don't think that it's better than destroy evil sure mm-hmm. uh i i like destroy evil better i think that this is a close second i think that it's about as good as generous gift and i feel like that's uh enormous yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. and you know it's always like when you see them downshift something in a master set it's almost predictable that they're going to print something similar in a regular set soon yeah like (laughs) like here you go this is probably why we got generous gift because they made this and now it's about the same so Mm -hmm. happens all the time all the time. So cool. No white on Dave's list. Let's get to my only white card, and it's almost not really a new card. It's basically uh, another Thraben Inspector. This one is Novice Inspector. Literally the same. It's a single mana for a 1-2 human detective this time. Uh, actually, was the original Thraben Inspector human detective? Uh, was it was that? a human soldier. Uh, 
Yeah, detective is a new creature type in this yep. set. Right there we go. She was a human. So, yeah. She was a human. She was a human. So, uh, yeah, single white for a one-two human detective. <laughs> uh, when it ETBs, you make a clue token. Sacrifice the clue to draw a card. You pay two. Uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. I think it's awesome that we have two of these now. Or if you're a 60-card popper player, we have eight of this effect now. So uh, I expect this one to see probably as much play as the original old lady. So uh, I don't know how much else to go into this one. So you got anything on this one, Liam or Dave? Got anything extra to add? Um, uh, if if you play Thraben Inspector, put this into whatever deck you're playing Thraben Inspector in. Yeah, and if having you don't much. play Thraben Inspector, you play Magic wrong. Uh, right? Again. <laughs> yeah, no, like having two Thraben Inspectors is remarkable. I'm, I'm really excited is. about it. Yeah, there's nothing... <sighs> Very few things you can do on turn one in popper formats feel as good as a turn one Thraven Inspector. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now we got two of them. So that is awesome. Cool. Uh, let's move it back to Dave. You want to start us off with the blue since you didn't have any yeah. white? Let's talk about, there's, there's three cards on my blue list. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with a really, really cute one. The one that we need to discuss, and I, I hope that you're listening. If you're listening in the car, don't don't take out your phone and look at a, give a, a picture. <laughs> if you're listening in a place where it's safe to, to, to take out your phone and, and bring up a picture of this, please look up Bubble Smuggler. Yep. Bubble That's Smuggler a is a two-mana, two-one octopus fish. <laughs> it has Disguise 6, Ooh. which means you can you can play it face down as this 2-2 two, two with, with Ward 2. Mm-hmm. As this like Morphe guy, and then uh, you can pay six mana to turn it face up. Why would you pay six mana to flip up a two one? Seems like a lot. When it used to be a two two with Ward two, the answer is when it's turned face up, put four plus one plus one counters on it. It oh. morphs up as a six five octopus fish, That's and an angry octopus fish. It's got business, and yep. it is. Not leaving until it has spoken to the manager. <laughs> uh, and I just... I love this cute little guy. Sure. Uh, his name is Glovax, I guess. Yeah, it certainly is. Look at that flavor text. By the yeah. time they noticed the missing vials, Glovax was three fathoms away. He smuggled the bubbles. <laughs> like, yep, I don't know did. what's going on, but it's amazing. <laughs> he's a little octopus fish criminal. And uh, he's big. He's a big boy. And uh-huh. uh, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Oh, do you want to do another blue one, or you want to pass it over to Liam? I could do a second blue one. Uh, I I want to talk about reasonable doubt for exactly one deck. Reasonable doubt is the new counterspell with set mechanic, and Mm -hmm. as counterspells go, it's a pretty bad one. This is a (laughs) two mana counter target spell unless it's controlled by two. It is a bad mana mana leak. leak. Yep. Yes. Uh, but the set mechanic is after you have countered target spell unless it's controller base two, you get to suspect up to one target creature. Yep. Uh, I'm putting this in bird horse. And that is regardless of if they paid two or not, correct? Right. If, even if they pay two, you still get to suspect target creature. Right. I want cheap counter spells. They don't need to be hard counters. If I'm if I'm using this to counter a removal spell, you've already paid three extra mana for it. Probably that counter, unless you pay two, is gonna gonna work yeah. in Bird Horse. It's not gonna work in other places. It's gonna work in Bird Horse, yep. and then the bird is gonna have menace. 
<laughs> and be suspected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I awesome. want that. I want yeah. that real bad. I don't think I'm going to put this anywhere else, but this is an this is a great bird horse card. And, and who cares that it, it can't block because it's always sideways. It's always sideways. These so. I'm not I'm not here to not attack with a bird. The horse right. has an attack trigger. <laughs> they go sideways. That's what they're for. Yep. Yeah, be- between that and the 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 inspector, like bird horse is getting some some gasoline this set. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Do you want to give us your last one or save that one until we go back around? Sure, I can just... I'll round out my blue real quick. Um, (laughs) My last blue card is called Dramatic Accusation. This is a three-mana enchant creature aura. Uh, When it enters the battlefield, tap trigger creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Mm -hmm. And for for blue-blue, you can shuffle enchanted creature into its owner's library. That's fairly unique. Yeah. This is... We are we are getting the blue version of, like... We've had this effect in white a couple times with things like um, Dreadful Apathy. And yeah. uh, the, the new one, I think, is called Cooped Up. Where it's, a, it's like a three-mana sort of pacifism effect where it's, it sort of takes the creature offline for a little while and then gives you a, an avenue to permanently remove it as well. Yep. Which is especially egregious in things like... Uh, if you're going to flicker this aura or, like, bounce <laughs> it to your hand, you can activate the ability first and then put the thing in your hand, and the creature still gets shuffled in. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, you get the aura back, and you get to permanently remove a creature. Like So that goes into Aether Mage, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yep. Nice. Yeah. If you have... You, you need an instant way... Instant speed way to bounce this thing, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, if you've got like white white main lion, makes this yeah. into two removal spells, and right. uh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, flicker of fate, all that good stuff. Flicker of fate is where this card really shines. I'm yeah. putting this card into Olka, the Mist Meta Witch nice. deck. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's the end of my blue. Awesome. Got, got some uh, gas. Yeah, Liam, you got any gas in your blue? Uh, I do. So I want to start off with Deduce. Deduce is (laughs) a card. I'll just put it that way. It is one in a blue for an instant. Draw a card, investigate. Mm -hmm. So for two mana, you get an instant speed cantrip, a plus one to your storm count, and an artifact. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty good uh, as, as far as two mana can go. Yeah, and blue, that's not bad. Blue right. doesn't... It, you, you, red's usually the one that's like, oh, do this thing and make a treasure or what have you. Right. I, I, yep. I like to look at this as kind of like a a blue value spinning the wheels card, right? Like, this is by no means a, a br- back-breaking card. Right. But it's also by no means terrible. Like, I, all of these things in the right deck could be phenomenal. So... Yeah, it's, it's like a instant speed divination... On layaway, sort of. Right. I kind of like to look at it as, as if you were a blue deck that cares about artifacts to any degree, you probably want to run this because if you hold mm-hmm. up counter magic and end up not needing it, you can cast this right before your turn, get an extra card, have an artifact on the field, and then the following turn, if you hold up counter magic again, if you didn't use the clue for anything, you could crack it <laughs> for another right. card. So the. Uh, yeah, go ahead. The really the really comparable card here, I think, is Think Twice. Yes. Which sure. is two mana draw card, three mana flashback. 
Yeah. Um, that card sees play in a, an enormous amount of competitive blue decks because yeah. you want to hold up counter magic and you want to be able to use your mana if you don't use the counter spells. Mm -hmm. And this is just better. Yes. Which yeah. is nuts. Yeah. So, so you should run this alongside Think Twice. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Like I said, this is by by no means necessarily backbreaking in and of itself, but it is a, a phenomenal spin the wheels card. So mm -hmm. you didn't waste your your turn by holding up mana. Right. Yep. And there's always a good you know, you mentioned you know competitive decks. There's always a good spell slinger deck or something that wants this effect. So exactly. Yep. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is unauthorized exit. Uh, this is one in the blue for another instant. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand and surveil one. I, I like that. I have mixed feelings. I, I like I, that it's non-land permanent for two mana. I, right. I dig that. I, I think that my mixed feelings are mostly positive. I think the negative ones are pretty much primarily uh, stemming from the fact that I can't decide if I want to put this in E-Sphinx or not. Oh. I... I don't know that I have a good enough reason to surveil, but at the same time, surveil is just better scry, and I will always take scry. <laughs> so, why not? Sure, I think it's worth testing. That's for sure. Right, I think it's I think it's worth a, a test slot. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me I'm wrong. I, I think <laughs> two mana is sort of expensive to be bouncing the Sphinx. If I'm like. Two it's, don't, it is, don't we run all the two mana creatures to bounce the Sphinx? Right. We run those because if we cascade into them, they bounce themselves, and then you still get to use them on the Sphinx. If you cascade into this, I suppose you don't get to do that. The the bounce that I want to run in Sphinx is either cheaper because it is meant to be directed at my stuff only. So things like rescue, sure. uh, which like uh, or the the one with flashback saving grasp. Because uh, like bouncing the things twice is really good. So or, you're looking at unauthorized exit as a true tempo card, not so much right. like a shenanigans type like, card. If if it if it were a one mana card that was bounce bounce a permanent you control and then surveil one, I would put that in E-Sphinx. Like I'll I'll bounce the Sphinx for one okay. mana and then do a bonus thing. But like as it, it is priced as if it's a removal spell, and I true. hate spending removal prices and then pointing it at my own stuff. Sure. Removal prices. I like that. Yeah. Like that. Th okay. That to me feels like a bad deal. So like I I, sure. I like the card. I love I love tempo plays. I love getting I love getting you know boomerang with set mechanic because uh, I just <laughs> I love boomerang. Uh, but uh, probably not for E Sphinx. For for not me anyway. Enough. Fair enough. Good reasoning. Uh, and then the third blue card that I have and. Yet another one that I'm I'm looking at and considering for E-Sphinx. Because mm -hmm. all three of these I'm, I'm looking at and considering. Uh, is Out Cold. <laughs> so for three and a blue, you get an instant. With the spell can't be countered. There it is. There's the which, blue one. Which, I, I'm going to stop there for a second. Of, of This spell can't be countered on a common. Mm. Mm, feels right. On yeah, it feels common. good. <laughs> Love that. Yep. So first of all, already phenomenal. Uh, then it says... Tap up to two target creatures and put a stun counter on each of them. Right. For each four mana at instant speed with a spell that can't be countered, you get to remove two blockers and put stun counters on them. Yeah. And then, 
You get oh, wait, to investigate. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm looking at this card for for East Sphinx because you you could hard cast it, and I don't think it's necessarily terrible to hard cast. Mm-hmm. But if you cascade into this, removing two blockers, putting another artifact on the battlefield for affinity. I mean, even if Sphinx can't attack that turn, hopefully you got something else. But even if it can't, the two things that you just tapped have stun counters. They'll be tapped right. for the next turn. Like, this just seems like a slam dunk. Sure. Again, Dave, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I No, I won't. Oh. Okay, there you go. I think I See? think this is a great card. I love I love the campy counter things. I love things that like replace themselves with uh clue tokens. Uh taking taking two cards away. Taking two like attackers or blockers. I love right. the idea of using yes. this like yeah. during your opponent's upkeep. Oof. Yep, like, and it doesn't say controlled by the same players, so you could hit two yeah. opponents if you wanted if you needed to. Yeah. I I think this card is I think I think it's really cool. Nuts. I'm yeah. I'm excited about out cold. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. that's my those are my blue cards. I, that's all I got. No, those are good choices. Good choices. I only Excellent actually choices. have one one blue card on my list. Uh, outside of the ones you guys have talked about, I wasn't sure about out cold, but your enthusiasm for it has convinced me. So I like that quite a bit. And I'll probably use like deduce in a bunch of decks it might make its way into the popper cube that sort of thing but uh the one i'm actually pretty interested in is behind the mask it's a single blue mana for an instant Uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell you may collect evidence six which we talked about earlier you can exile a troll from your graveyard mana value six or greater whatever you need to find or whatever you need to exile out of there Uh, until end of turn target artifact or creature becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness of four three I love these blue combat tricks, and this is a single mana one. Awesome. If evidence was collected, it has base power and toughness of 1-1 one, one until the end of turn instead. This is, like, wildly modal. I love the modality. And it took, I do, too, and it took me, like, three times to read it to really, like, why would I want to turn my creature into a 1-1? One, one? And then uh-huh. I thought, like, oh, yeah, duh. Uh, you know, could use it on something else. I, I just think this is super cool. It feels like we've gotten these sort of like water wings or what have you, these blue combat tricks pretty regularly with, with pretty high frequency lately. And this, I'm pretty sure, is the first one that is modal like this or, you know, has this sort of like option optionality to it. So I'm a big fan of it. I like it quite a bit. I'm, I can't wait to test it out. It's very tempo-y, very... Uh, controly. I can already think of like three or four decks I have that this will fit into because I tend to play high mana value stuff anyway. So collecting evidence of six probably isn't going to be a huge deal. What do you think, Dave? Do you like behind the mask? I do. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I I do love that it it it's going to put in work in a lot of different kind of decks, and I appreciate yep. cards that can do that. Like I don't I I don't think there's any deck that's like off the charts enthusiastic about this card. Except maybe Goblin Test Pilot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that it's going to do good work in a lot of decks, and I, I like cards like that. Yeah, I I immediately want to try it in my Mouth of Sauron deck because it's hilarious to yeah you know give base power toughness boost to your orc army like that's just hilarious. My graveyard's totally. constantly stocked with stuff that I could exile for evidence, and since I'm so light on creatures, like it would be very nice to turn your I don't know your Crusher into a one one or what have you until the mm-hmm. end of turn. So. 
So it'd be nice. That's being the first deck I tested in, but we'll see where it goes after that. But yeah, I like it quite a bit. I like the ones you guys have talked about. I'm just not super high on blue overall. There's some interesting ones, but ones that more like down the line I may test out, or if you know I see that they're doing really well in the format, I may give them a second glance. But for the most part, I think that's I think we've pretty well covered all the good ones. We should move on to the ooh the black slice of the color pie. I almost went to red. What do you got for black, Dave? <laughs> For black, I have just one card. Uh -oh. This might okay. be uh, this might be my favorite mechanical card of the set. It is mm. Extract a Confession. Okay. Ooh. Extract a Confession is a two mana sorcery, which for for two mana at sorcery speed, you get each opponent sacrifices a creature, which okay. is sure. nuts. Okay. I love that we've been getting so many more of these effects lately. Like between this and Tithing Blade from Lost Caverns, yeah. we have. Uh -huh. Like and and you know before that we got you know demons disciple downshifted, we have you know we've had slum reaper for a while that flesh bag, like tyrant's choice Merkel's mm -hmm. edict like we have a bunch of these now and I am, I am delighted that we're getting this sort of critical mass of edicts, that are just making black control, like we're 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 making black control a thing again and More I am viable yeah, delighted by this shift. I think this is a very powerful card. I think it's going to see a lot of play. And I didn't even tell you the other half of it. Sorry. Oh my I got God. really distracted. There's more. <laughs> uh, two mana sorcery. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. If you collect evidence six while casting the spell, then each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. So this has Dope. a switch you can flip to say you don't get to sacrifice your tokens... You don't get to sacrifice your Eldrazi spawn or your elf token or your, you know, whatever soldier. You have to sacrifice your big stuff. So, like, without the evidence, you're just like, hey, man, do you see anybody sneaky lately? But if you collect the evidence, you're, like, turning the screws on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I love it. Yeah. And usually you see, sometimes you'll see these black effects where if it's kicker or if it's an additional cost sort of thing, it's like, everybody at the table sacrifices a creature. But this is still just... Your opponents, no matter what mode yep. you cast it on, it's still just your opponents. I like yep. that quite a bit. It's not innocent blood. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah. So I, I feel like, I feel like we're moving in the direction of getting like barter in blood downshifted. Ooh, okay. and that would, that would blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, barter, barter in blood is just so close to wrath of God for our format yeah, that it's it really is. It really is. So yeah, yeah, we got the we got the two mana every everyone sacrifice one maneuver, and I love it. Yeah, I'm totally here for it. I like it quite a bit. That's my only black card. What do you guys cool. got? What do you got, Liam? I actually have a couple in common with you, Brad. So do you want to talk about the Snarling Gorehound together? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let me pull it up. So the Snarling Gorehound is a single black mana for a one-one dog. It has menace. And whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, surveil one. Uh, my biggest thing on this is this is a Shire card if I've ever seen one. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and I love these. Su surveil one ten times on your end step. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say Sounds less. good. Yep. And I love these little dinky, you know, one, one for one, but it has menace. Like, okay, sure. It's, it's just asking you to load it up with something stupid. But the surveil is awesome. Like, I immediately want to put this in my Tormod deck. Because oh, yeah. every, every zombie is two power, 
and then I'm just dumping more cards into the graveyard. Like, it just seems good on all angles. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. And the art's pretty badass. Ah, eh, the art's okay. But yeah, this was... um. I guess we don't really have a direct comparison, but normally when like a one mana one one is spoiled, no one looks twice at it. But I saw quite a few people looking at this one, talking about this one, and not just pauper players either. Like it's a pretty sweet card overall. Yeah, there is a comparison that is slipping my mind right now. I'm looking. Um, I would say it was. I, I would say the comparison that I could come to would be Ward Eye Witch. Which is a it's a three mana three two, but whenever uh, a, a creature you control dies, you scry one. So yeah, kind of the okay. opposite, right? Where like yeah, a creature entering surveil a creature dying scry, like like the effect sort of kind of existed, but it's just the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. I, I'm down for it. Yeah, uh, we've uh, had a lot of surveil lately, and I'm a fan of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad they keyworded it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that they were like, "Hey, surveil." That can be an evergreen keyword. Like, yeah, that, let's do it. That makes me happy. <laughs> and then the the other card that we share uh, is Macabre Reconstruction. So for three and black, you get a sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. For four mana, returning two creature cards to your graveyard to your hand is an effect we've had for a while. And I know there mm-hmm. are a couple variations, but the one that gets me excited about this is the other line of text that says, that says, this spell costs two less to cast if a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn. Beautiful. So you surveil a creature into your graveyard. With the Gorehound. With the Gorehound. <laughs> and then you macabre reconstruct it back to your hand for two mana. Uh, yep. Getting back the thing that was killed earlier as well. Seems fair. <laughs> yep. See, yep. It's a whole thing. You, you, yeah. you, uh, you, you play your Tormod, you surveil a creature into the graveyard with Gorehound, and that makes a zombie, you know, and then you get you macabre reconstruction it back, makes a zombie, lets you surveil again. Like, it's right. a whole thing. It's a right. whole cycle. Exactly. Whole, whole, little, whole little shebang. The thing I do want to note on macabre reconstruction is that you only get the discount if a creature card was put into your graveyard. It is phrased like that. That way, things being moved from, like, exile to the graveyard or the deck to the graveyard or hand to the graveyard do count for this. What it does not count is tokens. Tokens, because they are have not a, creature cards. The tokens are not cards. If a creature token dies, it you do not get the discount for Macabre Reconstruction, because it is not a card. So you get all the zone changes, but you don't get creature tokens. I feel like that's a fair trade-off, but I just want people sure. to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of these, well, uh, just a lot of cards in general say if a creature was put into the graveyard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yada. Yep, they specified it pretty well. And the last thing think? I want to talk about, uh, oh, does Dave want to comment on my Yeah, what do, you, what do you think, Dave? I know you're a fan of recursion spells. What I do you think of the reconstruction. I do really like this one, and I especially like the art as well. I'm trying yeah, to figure out sick. which of my decks it should go into. Um, All of them. I might, I might put it we into We just Gorts. got the one, we just got, like, recently Un- last year, we got Acropolis. it. That's it, thank you. You know yeah. exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. I know where your head's at. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like so. My favorite is still Blood Fountain. I'm not. I want to like the macabre reconstructions. I'm <laughs> trying to figure out how. Like I'm, I'm sort of valuing it in my head as a two mana return to creatures, which is crazy good. Crazy good because they and don't I'm, have to share a creature type or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how often it's actually going to be that, and like which decks can reliably make it always be a two mana thing. Um, right. So I'm still, 
I'm still figuring out my feelings on macabre reconstruction. I I yeah, generally I like it, but I don't yeah, want to ahead. commit to it. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you. I don't think you know it's good, but it's not like well, I'm playing swamps, so I need macabre reconstruction. Whereas blood fountain, if I'm playing swamps, that card's probably in the deck. Right. You know. Yeah. But, blood, blood fountain just does so much, and like yeah, it, just like. Just like Gorehound, when I saw Reconstruction, I'm like, okay, that's going in my Tormod deck. Like, I knew exactly the home for it, and I'll probably yep. test it in other places, but I knew exactly 100% that it has a home in at least one of my decks right now. For sure. Because because of what it does, so. Awesome. What do you got? Uh, you got anything else black there, Liam? I think yeah, I'm going to it up. I got one more. Uh, okay. It is Slice from the Shadows. Ooh. This is a black and an X for an instant. Mm-hmm. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. I like that. Non-damage-based removal. Okay. Is that just disembowel? <laughs> it would be if it didn't also say this spell can't be countered. Oh, I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got yes. there. They decided, and by they I mean the, the wonderful designers at Wizards of the Coast, decided that there would be a partial cycle of common spells that say this spell can't be countered. Uh, they are in Grixis. We saw the blue one in Ice Out. Uh, we saw the black one in Slice from the Shadows. And the red one, I will talk about in a minute. But yep. I'm going to pass it over to Brad. Sure. Uh, yeah, so Liam and I talked about some black cards. I have... One, two, three. I actually have one different card that we haven't talked about already in my black category, and that is Toxin Analysis. This one got a lot of attention as well, you know, not just in our Discord, but on Twitter. The pals were talking about it. A lot of people in love with it. Um, it's a black combat trick, which we get those all the time now. But this one's a single black mana for an instant, obviously. Uh, target creature gains death touch and life link until the end of turn, and you investigate. That feels like a whole lot for a single black mana. Usually it's death touch or life link, or it's, you know... I don't, black rarely gets to investigate, but it's usually one of the other death touch or life link, and then like a plus one plus O buff or something like that. But I'm a super huge fan of this death touch and life link together on the same creature is like one of my all time favorite things to ever happen anywhere ever, even outside of Magic the Gathering, even in real life. I just want people to have death touch and life link like all the time. That'd be awesome. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Do you like the uh, analysis? I do. Uh, I think that. Like, you're right. Like, the, there's lots of cards that I want to have Death Touch and I want to have Lifelink, and usually I have to use two cards to give them those things. Yes. And, like, mm -hmm. like, I just, every time I look at this card, I see Crypt Rats and Gangrenous Crypt Zombies. Crypt Rats, Mayhem Devils, Gangrenous Zombies, yeah, and I just all, all the good stuff. Yeah, I, like, I'm, I, I get this, like, you know, thousand-yard stare, and I just kind of, like, have, you know, <laughs> nom flashbacks for a minute. Right and uh, like in a good way, am I allowed to say that? Is that insensitive? <laughs> like, I'm. Well, uh, it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. You know, it's I I can I can envision the the carnage that this is going to do, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, for nothing, for one mana, and you get to one investigate. Mana. Like, yeah, and it replaces itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is a lot. Like, yeah, and, you know, Orcish, black Orcish medicine wishes it was this good. Oh, I know, right? Right, exactly. We've seen a couple of blue cards that investigate or care about artifacts, but black definitely cares about artifacts more than blue does. So it's super nice to have that clue just laying around. Uh-huh. Yeah, super nice. So, 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the end of my black list. Uh, that was a pretty good, pretty good amount of cards here. I think we can move on to red, though. Dave, you want to start us off? Sure. The red card that everyone has to talk about is the the red card that. Uh... Oh no, you know, I'm I'm gonna let someone else talk about that one. I want to talk first yeah. about. I will... Let's talk about the Zada card first. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. Seems got reasonable. New Zada toys. Cool. Uh, we got a new Zada toy. We have a one mana red instant called Felonious Rage, <laughs> which is a great name for a card. That is great. Yeah. So for one red mana, you get target creature you control gets plus two plus zero oh and gains haste until end of turn. Already solid Zada card. It's doing the haste, it's doing the power buff. If you spread yep. that to the whole team, you're you're having a good time. It yep. also has the ability. When that creature dies this turn, create a 2-2 detective creature token. Yep. So one of the things that Zada really struggles with is, like, a lot of Zada's card draw comes from things like Rile and Blind Blast, which are going to deal one damage to your thing and then draw your card. And, like, if you're if the thing that's taking a bunch of damage are a bunch of 1-1 goblin tokens, like, they're going to mm-hmm. die. And like that's fine. You're usually happy sacrificing them for for the um, for the card draw. Sure. But being able to sacrifice the card them for card draw and then also replace all of your one one dead goblins with two two white and blue detective creature tokens. That's a sweet deal. You know, and yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I guess I don't have anything to add. That's super good. <laughs> yeah. Because we have the one. That makes the Eldrazi or what have yep. you. Otherworldly Outburst is a one mana spell, gives a plus one plus oh, and then when the creature dies, it you get a three two Eldrazi. Yeah. And that card is a powerhouse in Zada. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, and this one looks I don't know, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah. I I mean I run I run the otherworldly outburst in the walls Zada. Because even in that deck, like, there's a lot of times where I'll have like a bunch of my creatures will be dying to a flick the coin or uh or abby's fiery cannonade or what have you uh yeah that <laughs> happens sometimes and like yeah just being able to get abby's a body back out of it <laughs> i huh? i lost a game on stream a little while ago to a fiery cannonade it was outstanding yeah uh but yeah i just i love having a second one of these it's good yeah big fan and i like that I, I don't know it just tickles me that it makes a white and blue creature token yeah the detective, detective makes white token. and blue. Yeah, I feel like I feel like what happened is there, there's there's probably a different card in the set that just makes a white and blue detective, and then they made this and they're like, this should also make a detective. Do we want to commission a second art for the t- for a different kind of token? And someone's like, no, this one also <laughs> makes white and blue tokens. Stop spending money. Hasbro's <laughs> Hasbro's coming for me. You're coming for my job. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, looking at the set, there are nine cards that make this token. Uh, yeah. Four of them are white, two of them are red, one of them is green, and two of them are multicolored. Both of the multicolored huh. ones in blue, uh, but cool. not in white. It's an is it in a demure? So, overall, yeah. Yeah, that's sure. bad. Yeah, white and blue detectives. We'll take it. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Cool. You want to give us more red? Or you want to pass it over to Liam? Uh, I can, the rest of my red's pretty quick. I can, I can do it. I can tell you more red. Yeah. I need to tell you first about the monkey. Okay. Uh, we get, we get a monkey this set and like this, (laughs) this is a little, this is kind of a weird include for me because usually I like cards that are like really specifically good. This card is just generically good. 
This yeah. is a three mana two two with reach. Already already not bad. When it comes in, you get to choose one. You can either destroy up to one target artifact, or you can sacrifice an artifact to put two counters on the monkey. Yeah, two count. Yeah. So you could have a three <laughs> mana four four reach, which monkeys yep. fine. That's pretty solid. Or mm-hmm. you could have a uh, manic vandal with reach. Yep. Yeah. Pretty versatile. Yeah, like manic vandal saw play. 20 years ago, 30 years ago yeah. when it came out. And like <laughs> now we have just better cards that are doing more things. And like it's it's interesting to sort of like watch the the power creep of this card. Like we we used to have just this 3 mana 2/2 two, two that destroyed an artifact when it came in. Yeah. And now and then for a while we had the version where you could destroy an artifact or make a treasure token if there wasn't an artifact to destroy. Cuz like having that card in your hand and wishing that you had a 2/2 two, two attacker on the field but not <laughs> having a target for its ability like that felt real bad. Real bad, yeah. So, like, being able to, you know, make a treasure instead, pretty good. That's uh, some kind of barbarian, I think. And now we have this thing, which is just like, oh, if you don't want to destroy a, an artifact, just make it a 4-4. No big, Why not? Well, this is fine. Sacrifice a treasure, <laughs> I guess, or a clue or something stupid that you don't care about. Yep. Sacrifice a Acre Wellspring to it. <laughs> turn Gross. two, Acre Wellspring. Turn three, 4-4. Four, four. Draws a Monkey, card. yeah. <laughs> so, I think this card is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. We don't get a ton of the modal type creatures, you know, the modal ETBs like this, and I think this one's pretty good on both halves of it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a fan. Cool. You got any red? Any red left? Uh, I just want to very briefly mention that there's a card called Red Herring, and it's very funny. It is hilarious. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's a clue fish. Clue fish. Yeah, it certainly it's a, is. It's an artifact creature clue fish. It's got a, it's got a power and toughness. You can sacrifice it to draw a card. Yep. There's a red herring and it's a clue. Yep. I'm I'm actually really upset that its power and toughness isn't one two. Oh, so you can do red fish one blue fish, fish one fish rhymes. two fish red fish clue fish. Red. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Dr. Seuss missed opportunities. Huge. Yep. Well, they're saving that for the next uh, Universes Beyond. Mm, uh, I thought be. I thought you were going to say they're saving that for the next time they print a card called Red Herring, because there's also a playtest <laughs> card that's called Red Herring. Called Red Herring. Yeah. Uh, does something completely different. This is something yep. totally different, yeah. Anyway, Red Herring exists now, and it's funny. It does, and it is funny. Liam, what do you got in red? Uh, I just have a couple of cards. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one is Demand Answers. This is Best art a... in the set. Yes, and my link is broken, and I'm sad because I can't read what Demand Answers does to you. So I'm going to keep talking. and st- Okay, there's Graph. Okay, so it's Demand Answers. <laughs> it's one in a red for an instant. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice an artifact or discard a card to draw two cards i think this is phenomenal i think this is this is fantastic the the black card draw spells we've been getting for the last two to three years we now have a red one instead of sacrificing a creature or an artifact you could sacrifice an artifact or a card because that's what red does i'm i'm here for that uh you know yeah in, in the black card draw spells i will admit i tend to sacrifice the creature over the artifact mm-hmm 
but red tends to have more incidental artifacts just lying around. And yes, there's the argument that, oh, if you sacrifice a treasure, it's actually three mana. It's like, okay, so I'm not sacrificing Wah. the treasure. I'm sacrificing the Mycosync Wellspring. Right, I'm sacrificing the, the prize statue. Like, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm sacrificing the artifact creature that's dying in combat. Like, that's right. what I'm sacrificing. So I, I really like demand answers. I think it offers a lot of flexibility that uh, people just aren't talking about, or at least that I'm not seeing. Yeah, I... Uh sort of triggered a bunch of people on Twitter when I posted this card a few weeks ago and I I said and I'll still stand by it. I said this is probably the best generically good red common they've ever printed that's not named Lightning Bolt. Okay, I don't I don't know about that. I it is. It it's got like generically powerful. It's got to be like up there with the best. I, I don't know. I there there are more powerful cards. Like people came back at me like Red Elemental Blast. And I'm like, yeah, fine. But I'm not going to compare a sideboard card to a card that any red deck can play. Your opponent right. doesn't have to have blue for you to play Demand Answers. I think yes, my, I Elemental think Blast is more powerful. My two biggest arguments to this would be something like um, Reckless Impulse. But Reckless Impulse doesn't have uh, Aristocrats th- themes to it. So Right, right. Like, like, Reckless Impulse is a really good card draw spell. Not going to deny that. But... Like, it doesn't let you sacrifice things. Sometimes you want to sacrifice things. Sometimes you want to discard things. So, Right. Uh, and demand answers is an instant and reckless impulse. You lose those cards if you don't play them. Right. I don't know. It's just good. What do you think, Dave? What do you think about demand answers? Besides I, the stellar, amazing artwork. I feel like this is one of the best generically good red commons not named <laughs> Lightning Bolt. I think that is a perfectly valid take. <laughs> oh yeah no i think uh, that is yeah yeah no that seems and, you know and the people would be like well no this isn't as good as faithless looting i'm like no it's not but you can't just jam faithless looting into, into any your red deck. deck i think this is better than generically this is better than faithless looting sure i, I'm, I am with this, you I this is the just... faithless looting people think faithless looting is <laughs> yeah no exactly like you want you want the red spell that says draw two cards on it? Like, everyone's like, ooh, Faithless Looting, it costs one mana. Like, no, it costs you two cards from your hand. Stop. Right. Stop, Stop putting it. it generically in red decks <laughs> thinking that it's a great card. It's not. Right. It's good in very specific red decks with very specific circumstances. Yeah. Demand Answers is good in every red deck. Every red deck. Every, every red, red deck. deck. Wants yep. demand answers. Yeah. No, I... Because I... who cares if you don't have an artifact, you're guaranteed to have an extra mountain in your hand by turn six. The yeah. floor of this card is <laughs> Bill of Possibility, which is already in every red deck. Yeah. Right. Like, this is just strictly better. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. I can't believe that this exists now. I know. I, Same here. I can't Same believe here. we got Thrill of Possibilities. Oh, God, was that... That was four years ago. We got Thrill of Possibilities. Oh, God. Okay, we got Thrill of Possibilities <laughs> four years ago. And what, like, that was designed in Fire Design. Like, they were like, hey, all these, like, tormenting voice cards, they could be better. And mm-hmm. they've, they've been pretty religiously printing this back into standard with, like, Theros and M21 and Dominaria. But now they're just like, you know, that red card draw spell we've been printing, it could be better. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we turned it up a little bit? Th- does it Does it have to be, like... <laughs> Does it have to be better? Apparently the answer is yes. Yeah. it had to. Yeah, apparently the answer is yes. I mean, when they cut 10 common slots from the set, they have to make things better, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, for those damn play boosters. All right, you got one more red left. What do you got? I, I do got one more. Uh, it is the finale of our little sub cycle, uh, super cycle, some some mini cycle of there we go. spells that can't be countered. For four in a red, you get a sorcery this time that says the spell can't be countered and it deals four damage to target creature. Five mana for four uncounterable damage. That seems really super duper fair. Yep. If you happened to sacrifice an artifact this turn, though, it costs three less. So oh, double sh- double shock on one card. Yes, it's sorcery speed, but it can't be countered. Right. Seems pretty good in the right deck. Say a deck that just sacrificed an artifact to demand answers. Mm-hmm. Say a Durgo deck. Oh yeah, yeah. And I... if you if you hit that clause of sacrificing an artifact, it's one mana cheaper than heated debate. Yeah. Big fan. I like it quite a bit. Now, which do you like of this this little mini cycle of can't be countered spells? I think I like the blue one the best. Okay, because it what can go to East Sphinx. Mm, I also but, like the right. blue one a lot. Yeah, and and I I just I feel like the blue one offers the most. It offers two tap downs for two turns plus an artifact, versus the black one. Yeah, it can kill a lot of things, but you have to pay just as much mana into it as your opponent did theoretically for creatures that are on curve mm-hmm. and then this red one like even even a three mana discount two mana for four damage like it's it still hurts a little bit but it's also still pretty good so i right. i think i like the blue one the best yeah i think i'm with you for just everything that you get from the card itself i like the blue one yeah all right, cool. I'll finish up the red here. I just got a couple on my list. The first one up is Galvanize. It's a colorless and a red for an instant. It deals three damage to target creature. If you've drawn two or more cards this turn, it deals five damage to that creature instead. I don't know why I like this card so much. I just kind of do. Granted, it only hits creatures. You know, a braid is probably better than this card. But I just, I, I don't know. Something about the uh, if you've drawn two or more cards this turn phrase really sticks with me. I'm a big fan of that, so... Uh, this is going to be one of those cards that I buy 12 of them and put them in decks and then play a bunch with them and realize, ah, this is not very good, and I end up taking it out. But for right now, I'm a big fan of it. What do you think, Dave? Do you like Galvanize at all? Uh, it's probably not going to make it into most of my decks, but I, I like that they're experimenting with new flavors of Burn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's it, too. It's got a little bit of, a little bit of somewhat modality to it, and it cares about, you know, Drawing cards, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's got um, it's a little different flavor of burn. I like it. Mm-hmm. And then one more red card for me. I've got Suspicious Detonation. It's a four generic and a red for another sorcery. Oh, wait. Is that the one that you just read, Liam? Yeah, wait. Did we have the same one? We might have. Yes, we did. We did. Cool. I only had one red card then. I was like, wait, this sounds awfully... Familiar. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up here. Uh, let's move over to Dave. Talk about some green cards. What do you got? There's some good green in this set. Um, there are. Mm-hmm. Let's get this out of the way first. Yep. There's a card in this set called Slime Against Humanity. I've never heard of it. Don't lie to me. Slimes <laughs> Against Humanity is the first green card ever printed with the text, the deck can have any number of cards named Slimes Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. We've had a handful of these in black. We've had one in blue. And now we we have one in red, and now we're getting our first one in green. Yep. Uh, this is a three mana sorcery that will create a zero zero green ooze token, with trample. With trample. 
And then you put counters on that card equal to the number of cards named Slimed Against Humanity, or two plus the number of cards named Slimes Against Humanity in your uh, graveyard and in exile. Yep. So the first one you cast theoretically makes a 2-2, two, two, and then the next one you cast makes a 3-3. Three, three. A lot of people all over the internet are going nuts for this card. Not so. Yep. I love the idea of it. I think that there's very cool things you can do, especially with some stuff like Heritage Druid or Slurk, to really into <laughs> this as a lean into this as a theme. I'm really excited to see those decks and like watch them play. I'm not going to build any of those decks, cool. partly because Slimes Against Humanity is pre-selling for five dollars each. <gasps> Holy um, crap! It certainly yep. is. And the other reason I'm not going to build this deck is because I one of my favorite things about decks is like variety and like having a different experience every time I pick up the deck and play it. I want to shuffle mm -hmm. the cards. I want to see different cards every time and just see how they interact together and to make like a new experience. This seems like the kind of deck where like every single game is going to be the same game, which is super yeah, consistent. Fair. Like if you want aggressive consistency, this will give you aggressive consistency. That's great. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what you were into. Go for it. I that's not what I'm into. So I want to see other people play this card. I'm not going to play this card. Yeah, I, I like that it's, and not that they would necessarily do this in green, but I like that it's not, you know, a mass X where X is the number of cards called this. Like, they're separate creatures, and I like yeah. that. Like, you'd, you could just end up with a giant, a, a huge wide board of 1212s or, or whatever, mm -hmm. with trample, of course. And it's like, and it's it's really well insulated against graveyard hate. Because um, yep. it counts exile, yeah. Because it counts the cards in exile. Like, the, the, the blowout here is going to be echoing truth. <laughs> Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> like, Yeah, that'll do it. I'm gonna... Then, you know, you're, you'll have to discard the hand size, and then they'll be in your graveyard again. So, <laughs> No, because the, they're tokens. Oh, they are. I was thinking yeah. about the card. I was thinking of the card itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yep. But, yeah, I, I'm super excited to, like, play against it and see the things that people do with the Slimes deck. I just, like you said, I probably won't play it. But I'm yeah. excited that everyone else is excited. I love this card for the community, just not for my decks what about you liam you're a slimes fan i'm not i i don't like that line of text a deck can have any number of them it i like the singleton nature of commando mm -hmm. so i just i i've never been a really big fan of these cards sure, uh, that's totally fair i like the design space a lot but it's just nothing i'm ever going to play yeah oh yeah you actually had other green cards besides the slime dave what else you got the card that I'm actually really excited about from the set in green is called Rubble Belt Maverick. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about this card right after getting uh, Slitherhead. Is that the, the scavenge guy that got downshifted? Yeah. Yeah, Slitherhead. I love that Slitherhead got downshifted. I have a bunch of like green and black decks that play around with the graveyard a lot in terms of milling. And they want to, do, they want to have something to do with these cards from the graveyard. And this, Rubble Belt Maverick does both of these things. Rubble Belt Maverick is a 1-mana one 1-1 one, in green. When it enters the battlefield, Surveil 2. So you're already getting card selection. You're getting mill if you want mill. You're putting things in your graveyard. Surveil 2 is, is pretty solid. And then mm -hmm. beyond that, it has an ability that for 1 green mana. It's, it's, a, it's effectively Scavenge 1. Right. For 1 green mana, you can exile this card from your graveyard to put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on target creature at sorcery speed. So all of my green decks that want to self-mill love this card. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's going to do the milling, and it's going to be used from the graveyard to do things. Yep. 
and so I'm just really excited about the the versatility on this guy. Yeah, I am too. I had not looked at it in that much depth, but I I do enjoy that quite a bit. That's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Is that all you got for green? That's all I got for green. All right, Liam. What do you got for green? For green, I tell, have... tell the people what you got. Yeah, I got a couple things. I am going to mention the land cycler for the set. Uh, it is Topiary Panther. Uh, it mm-hmm. is a standalone card. It is not part of a cycle. It is six mana, four green green for a six five plant cat with trample, in basic land cycling for one and a green. Okay. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Not too shabby. Yeah. I like that we keep getting these things. I like that they keep floating around into into standard sets and and they're actually you know giving us more to do with this yeah and i like that they're not all one mana i i <laughs> you know like the lord of the rings ones were i greatly appreciate that as well <laughs> i like that they're not one mana and you know type cycling that that's the big part and then the other thing that i want to mention is pick your poison uh another card that had a playtest card in mystery booster that now has a, a real card that does something wildly different. Uh, <laughs> Pick Your Poison is a single green mana for a sorcery. It says choose one. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact. Each opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Or each opponent sacrifices a creature with flying. So this is that green spell of the set where it hits an artifact, an enchantment, and a creature with flying. Uh, it's, yeah. Instead of being three mana, it's one. Single mana, yeah. Uh, yes, it's sorcery speed instead of an instant. However, it's one mana to hit three things. Yep. The argument that you don't get to pick what you hit is valid, but typically if an opponent has a flyer or they have an enchantment, they probably only have one. That's what I was thinking too. And Maybe a sometimes... Lot, a lot of decks, I experienced it over the weekend, a lot of yep. decks will just fl- die to flying creatures. Like, so. like <laughs> Maybe they'll have multiple or they'll have two, but... At that point, like removing something that's already hard to remove, even if you don't get to pick, is still valuable, uh, mm-hmm. even just for one mana. And I, I don't see the false mode being too terribly relevant, unless it's like, I, I don't know, a deck that just happens to run like an artifact because of its utility. Sure, right. you might get to hit something every now and then. But I see the, the second two modes being being more relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm all around. I'm down to see what happens with this card. I think it's sneaky powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. That's how I feel about it, too. What do you think, Dave? Are you picking your poison? Uh, I think it's pretty solid, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure yet which decks I'm going to put it in, but it's it's going to make its way into some. I think it's it's got a lot of potential. I like yeah. that it's one mana. Yeah, big fan. And you can kind of, like, like Liam was saying, like you don't get to pick which creatures or which enchantment. You know, it's up to your, you know, you're sort of giving the agency to your opponents over those decisions. But I think Watsi has identified that, and that's why it's one mana sorcery. Yeah. You know, they knew if they, they made it a three mana sorcery or a two mana instant or whatever, it would almost be unplayable. Mm-hmm. So they made it so cheap, but also they knew that there was that, that sort of, like, downside there. I don't know. I feel like two mana instant would still be very playable. Yeah, that'd probably be pretty good. <laughs> Super playable as a two-minute in, instant. In response yeah. to the second enchantment or second flyer coming down, you play this. Two-minute instant seems very playable. Yeah. Three-minute instant seems very playable. Two- and three-minute sorceries, ugh. Yeah, that's when you're pushing it. 
Cool. Well, I actually don't have any green cards on my list. A lot of good ones, a lot of fun ones. You lost ones. all your green cards. I did. I lost them. That's okay, though. We got a super adorable elephant detective, the Loxodon eavesdropper. I think that's things just, uh, I think yeah. it's very neat. I like that guy. Yeah, it investigates when it ETBs, and then it's a green card that cares about when you draw your second card each turn, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. It gets plus one, plus one in, in vigilance until the end of turn, which is neat. Uh, neat. So. Other than that, yeah, you guys pretty well covered the uh, green cards I was or I am interested in. So I'll go ahead and start us off with uh, some multicolor cards here. Let me get to my list. First one I got is Sanguine Savior. This is a generic, a white, and a black for a 2-1 vampire cleric with flying and with lifelink. Uh, you can disguise it for two hybrid Orzhov mana, white, black, white, black. Uh, basically, you can you know pay three put it into play from your hand as a 2-2 creature with Ward 2, and then you can turn it face up for any combination of 2 mana, white or black. And then it says, when Sanguine Savior is turned face up, another target creature you control gains lifelink until the end of turn. I don't know, it's probably not really good, but I, I just love everything about it. So yeah. Big fan of it, big fan of the creature types itself. Uh, 2 mana in the air with lifelink is very good, it can be very good. Giving another creature that you control um, lifelink until the end of turn can be very relevant in certain decks or certain situations. So uh, overall, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm not saying I'm going to jam it into every uh, all three of my Orzhov decks or what have you, but it's definitely going to find at least some playtest time somewhere. What do you think? I, I like it. I don't have a lot of white-black decks, and the ones that I do have kind of don't need that effect badly. Mm -hmm. uh, but fair. I... I... I think it's a super interesting card. I yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. What do you think of the Savior, Liam? I think it's okay. I'm I'm pretty mid on a lot of the multicolored cards. I just I'm sure. I, I'm not really a fan of a lot of them. Yeah, they uh, they went really hard into the uh, disguise mechanic with the multicolored cards, but yeah, uh, I my my problem with the the morph and and the disguise mechanic is that it it tends to affect the actual cost of the card. Because the, the, the cost... Like the rate of the card? Yes, yes. The, yeah. the rate of the card with the power toughness is always super high because of the design uh, rules they have with the disguise mechanic. Mm -hmm. So it just... It makes the cards themselves, if you were trying to use them without the disguise mechanic, like if you just wanted a three-mana creature that had a flying lifelink, you, you don't want a two-one. Right. So it's just... A lot of the cards that have disguise, I tend to just gloss over because of my experiences with morph. Because in that mechanics, uh, in that mechanic stream, they they said they followed all the exact same design rules. It's just these ones have wood two on them, and so it was just like, okay, like I I didn't like the first mechanic. I'm really not gonna like this one. So I yeah. just I kind of glossed over a lot of them, and just overall the the mana rate for the power toughness you get just isn't worth it. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I actually, I had one more multicolor on my list, but I just now noticed the, uh, let me make sure it's not on either of you guys' list, the uh, Crowd Control Warden. Have you looked at that one? That yeah, card the Holy slaps. crap. See, oh my three, god. Yeah, I can't... three generic and a uh, green and a white for 4-4 four, four when, or as Crowd Control Warden enters the battlefield or is turned or face flips. up. <laughs> right. You put X plus one plus one counters on it where X is the number of other creatures you control. 
I can't believe this card. Like, what's wild to me is if if you look at like every basically every color pair has one of these disguise guys. Yeah. Right. And yeah. like a lot of them are actively terrible. Like the Rakdos yeah. one is like a flips up for like five mana into a four two that deals two damage to a target. Yeah, like, the why, uh, Demir one's paying... a fairy detective that flips for three, and you can basically draw a card. <laughs> They're all really underwhelming. Yeah. Except yeah. this one doesn't have to flip up for its ability. It's just mm-hmm. casually a five mana ten ten. <laughs> like, <That> seems good. <laughs> what What was the thought process here? I don't know. Like, someone it was like, been you know that card, fine. Fusion Elemental. That card sucks. Let's make it better. <laughs> Make it better. Let's it would it be a, funnier yeah. if Fusion Elemental was a surprise sometimes. Like, someone morphs it down and then, like, attacks, and then they're like, whoops, surprise! This 2-2 is actually a 10-10. Get wrecked, get, idiot. Get wrecked. Should've blocked yeah. this one, dum-dum. Like, what? What is uh, going on with this card? Yeah, and the fact that, you know, it's in green right right off the bat, so you can ramp in, you know, it's not going to be hard to pay for the disguise or for the unmorph ability, and you just do it in combat, and you just kill somebody. Yeah. Someone just it's dies. Crazy. Someone just dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it it would have been a lot less interesting if it was just when it's turned face up, it gets the counters. That still would have been powerful. Mm-hmm. But damn, when an ETB's or is turned face up, like that's enormous. That's not small. Yeah. Compared to everyone else's, like when it's turned face up ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's yeah. just berserk. Yeah, I actually have the Boros one on my list. It's literally just called Dog Walker. I love that guy. It's a red and white for three one human citizen with vigilance. Uh, you can morph it or what you know, and then you can unmorph it or disguise it for uh, any combination of two red or white mana. And then when it's turned face up, you create two tapped one one white dog creature tokens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I love it too. It'll probably find a way its way into some deck somewhere. I don't know. I just think it's super cute and super funny. What do you got on your list, Dave? You got anything else in the commons? Uh, com- oh, I took your I took your multicolored one. I'm sorry. Uh, we, I talked about it. You're good. Okay. The only other card, the only other multicolored common I'm really excited about. And I'm not actually excited about him. I really love the <laughs> art on Granite Witness. Granite Witness is the Azorius multicolored. Uh, mm. Flip guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a four mana three two flying vigilance artifact creature. He's a gargoyle detective, and his ability isn't dope. great. Uh, he he disguises for two hybrid white blue mana. When he's turned face up, you can tap or untap target creature, which mm-hmm. isn't huge. I mean, you can you can take a blocker out of the way or like untap your whatever you need to untap sometimes. So now you would think that this would have the crowd control creatures text where if it enters the battlefield or is turned face up, tap right. target creature, not yeah. grow into a ten ten. <laughs> yeah, not not this one. This one just uh, you, you don't you don't get to untap something if you just cast it as a four yeah. mana flying three vigilant two. three two. Um, the reason I like this card so much, honestly, is just the artwork. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a gargoyle like with fingerless gloves and a really really edgy hat like looking over the ledge of like some you know bloodborne-esque tower system like i i just can't get over this guy like yeah he's pretty badass like 
I'm confident that this guy was uh, a D&D character played by a 13-year-old whose name was Rebel Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... Why is that so perfect? <laughs> right? Like, I love this guy. It's got... I, I already know his backstory. He's he's definitely a tragic orphan. And, uh, oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I, like, I just love it. It's It's very evocative art. I'm very yeah. into it. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Oh, you got any multicolor on your list, Liam? I do not. Nope. Actually, do we have any commons? Li- or you have you have a land you wanted to talk about, Liam? I do have a or land. Or you were going to fight Dave for it, or I can't remember uh, what the well, conversation was. It's, it's not nah, really so much Liam, fighting go. Dave as it is just stealing it. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Perfect. The land that I have is called Escape Tunnel. It is a land that you can tap and sacrifice to search your library for a basic land card and put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. It's just another Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse variant. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Definitely the end of it. Uh, it this definitely seems, seems great. <laughs> doesn't have another ability that says tap and sacrifice it for target creature with power two or less can't be blocked this turn. I mean, what are we power creeping Evolving Wilds? <laughs> they, they yeah, one hundred percent. They would if never. If it did have that, that ability, that would be crazy. Theoretically, be if they printed insane. a card like that, it would be insane. It'd be nuts. They would never do that. Like, this feels like uncommon power level territory, right? Just Maybe not 2024 yeah. magic, but like, you know, a couple of years ago, I a mean, few years ago. In, in the face of the um, Capenna fetches, I think that this is actually pretty reasonable. Okay. Because like, you have to, you only get one thing or the other. That's and true. like, you, you have to, if you want to really take advantage mana, of that. Yeah. That that unblockability thing, like most of the time, that's going to be like a shock, right? You're sacrificing a land to shock a guy, mm-hmm. like send send a shock to someone's face, which isn't great. Um, <laughs> like it it has to be a very specifically tailored deck if you're going to like use that ability and then like get a ton of damage out of it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to do really cool things like initiative and monarch. Uh, but like, yeah. I mean, honestly, like the the thing that I think makes it super balanced as a common is that you get that effect or the terramorphic effect. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So like, and like, you kind of have to be really strategic about it too. Like, if you want, like like Brad said, you don't get to use it as mana in the meantime. Like, if you're if you're if your master plan is to definitely use this unblockability effect then you have to just sort of like hold it in your hand until you want it or you're 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 using a land drop on it yeah and then not getting mana out of it for a turn or two until you use this effect yeah like that, i think it's true. i think it's super balanced for a common i think it's really interesting i love to see terramorphic like i play terramorphic in a lot of decks i love to see terramorphic with a new option i think that 97% of the time it's just going to be a third terramorphic mhm that's so fair. yeah yeah, I hadn't really thought about the fact that it sort of, you know, obviously it eats up your land drop for turn, and if, yeah. you know, like if you don't actually, if you can't actually use it the turn you play it to make something unblockable, then you just sort of sat there and, you know, cut yourself out of mana for that turn. But Scare Tiller Stonks are on the rise with this Scare Tiller Stonks are through the roof. Yep, <laughs> by now, by now. Cool. Do you have anything else, Dave or Liam, in the common category? I'm out of comments. Yep. I, I'm, Ditto. I'm out. 
Right on. Uh, who wants to start us off with a couple uncommon picks? Maybe some commanders. I got I got a big list of commanders. I'll I can I can talk about one of mine. Let's chip um, away at it. I think the first one we need to talk about is called Hedge Whisperer. <laughs> this card isn't good, but it's really funny. Hedge <laughs> Whisperer is a one mana zero three elf druid detective in green. Uh, you can choose not to untap it during your untap step. The ability it has is for four mana, tap it, and then collect evidence four. Target land you control becomes a 5-5 green plant boar creature with haste for as long as Hedge Whisperer remains tapped, and it's still a land. Mm -hmm. You can only activate this as a sorcery. Like I said, this card isn't great. You're paying one mana for a 0-3, and then later you're paying four mana to turn one of your lands into a 5-5 with haste. The right. reason that we not need even, to talk about not even about hexproof it, or anything, just haste, just haste, five five with haste. I mean, if if it if it needs a removal spell, you can turn a different land into a five five with haste. But like, true, yeah, it's still not good. Doesn't do commander damage. Five five with haste isn't isn't remarkable for us. The thing no. that is remarkable is this hedge whisperer turns your lands into a plant boar. Guys, they're hedgehogs. <laughs> that's the pun that the is... pun is that they're hedgehogs <laughs> very very punny I like it it's uh, aid it's aid that's all I gotta add about it's... this green card it's aid okay. don't don't build a deck or play with this card unless you're yeah. really really passionate about it but do yeah. do take a moment to appreciate that it makes hedgehogs alright I'm passing it off who else who else wants to say a thing uh, I'll throw one up there real quick. This is one that I don't really know what to do with, but I feel like uh, it's not really super funny or anything, but I feel like this is one that need, needs to be talked about, at least on the show, a little bit because I've seen a lot of people really like stoked very highly about this card, and it is Living Conundrum. Uh, it's four generic and a blue for a 2-5 elemental. Cool creature type. It's got a hexproof. All right, all right, we're getting there. Uh, if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you skip that draw instead. Okay. Uh, and then as long as there are no cards in your library, Living Conundrum has base power and toughness 10-10 and has oh. flying and vigilance. Let's go. <laughs> I will leave this to the... Uh, more wrinkly-brained PDH community members to build, but I... <laughs> I dig this quite a bit. It's I we literally have nothing like this at it's uncommon. Super cool. <laughs> it is super cool. Have you thought about this one, Dave? Like, what are you? Are you like you know persistent petitioning yourself to get to zero? Like, what's happening here? I'm waiting for a leveler downshift to get to zero. Okay. I've never, I've never actually successfully milled out in a in a PDH game, like even right. when I was trying. Yeah, so. it, even Risen Reef, where it's just nothing but nonstop cards in my hand. I think I've the the most cards I ever went through in a game was like fifty four. Mm -hmm. So I just I, I don't see it happening, but yeah, God, this card's hilarious. It's really funny. Like I think I think it's funny to imagine it in games against things like Lay and Lore Weavers, where the entire win condition <laughs> is just decking your opponents. Like if you get this thing online and just sit on it, like yeah, deck. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, and just sit there with, yeah. Like, the only way to tech against that is, like, curfew. Because it has hexproof. Like, you can't bounce it. <laughs> like, you just have to curfew enough times that 
the thing stops being a problem and like that's that's just hilarious to me i can't get enough of that image but like in terms of this leading a deck outside of that situation i don't think it's gonna happen like this is yeah. a very specific counterplay to a very specific deck and that's funny but like on its own it's not good yeah this is one of those i i can't remember what drive to work podcast it was where you know morrow does his weekly podcast he talks about mm -hmm. designing the game basically and he I, I forgot what the topic of the show was but he said you know one of the main goals of any good game designer specifically in magic the gathering like one of their goals is to print cards that present questions to the players that are hard to answer and let them figure it out in creative ways. And this hits that perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's yeah. talking about this card. Nobody knows what to do with it, but damned if they're not going to try, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So I was, I was thinking earlier when we were chatting about uh, Songs Against Humanity, I was mm -hmm. trying to come up with the name of the card, but the, I was, I was imagining the card. Uh, I ended up looking it up. It's called Thief of Blood. Oh, Okay, I don't know that. I want to really build that. a Thief of Blood deck just so that I can play it against a Slimes Against Humanity deck once. Thief of Blood is a 6-mana mono-black 1-1 flyer with the ability, when it comes into play, remove all counters from all permanents. Put that many plus-1, plus-1 counters on Thief of Blood. <laughs> I so just like want a 6-mana 30-30. Yeah, with flying. Okay. With that, flying, also, of yep. that also Wrath of Gods, your opponent's slime climbs. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I never that's, knew this that's card fine. existed. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. it's it's super funny. Mm -hmm. It's very very specific counter tech, but like that is very when, specific. Yeah, I'm not ever, I'm not ever actually going to build a Thief of Blood deck, but if I yep. if I did, I like to imagine playing Thief of Blood against slimes, just like I right. like to imagine playing this uh, library thing against weavers, right. Uh, so, but I am interested to see what the community comes up with for the conundrum. Uh, Liam, what do you got for commanders here? Uh, and, uh, just to make it clear, we're picking from Murders at Markov Manor and the Clue set. Yes, so. yes. I I picked commanders because I had to. Uh, <laughs> there's there's not really a lot in this set that that's really inspired me. We'll say sure. That's totally fair. So the first one I'm going to talk about is persuasive interrogators. Uh, it is four black black for a five six Gorgon detective. When persuasive interrogators enters the battlefield, investigate. Seems pretty chill. Sure. Whenever you sacrifice a clue, target opponent gets two poison counters. <laughs> Does Do not what? seem now, quite as chill. Now you've not crossed chill. the line. Yeah, now you uh, yeah. went past it. The line is a dot to you. Right, right. I I feel like the correct play here is to kill and recur this thing as many times as quickly as possible. What What's funny is that like there's only like three other ways in mono black to get clue tokens. Like magnifying glass. Right, right. The, the new thing from this set that gives lifelink and death touch. Like, right. So you, you can build to... this deck. You don't have reliable other sources of, of clues. Right. Yeah. You need to, you need to, Kill and recur this thing as many times as possible, as quickly as possible. And I would recommend, like, once you've got the five clues to kill someone, like, kill them. Like, kill yeah, kill no. one person. Because so, the more opponents you have sticking around, the harder it's going to be for you to knock out others. Yeah, and we've only I got think... five proliferate cards in mono black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, you're, you're really limited on proliferate. You're really limited on 
uh, clue tokens. I think what you need to do with this deck is I think you just need to build all-out mono-black poison. Everything with infect, everything with uh, poison counters, everything with venomous, everything with toxic. Just go all-in on toxic all the time. And like this, this isn't your engine. This is your finisher. Sure. So like mm, your, your goal okay. isn't to try and sacrifice five clues at once. Your goal is to just get someone up to eight and then and then cast this card with two mana. And then whoops, look at me, you're yeah. dead. Yeah, that's fair. And in the meantime, you're like you're trying to get the other players up to eight as well. So like right. I think I think that that's possible. I think that it's a really funny home for Pit Scorpion and Swamp <laughs> Mosquito. Yes, yeah, Swamp Mosquito. I Thank love you. Pit Scorpion enough that I might try to put this together. We will see. No promises. Right. No promises. Maybe. But yeah, that's another one that I saw a bunch of people talking about when it was spoiled because it's different. It's black that investigates. It's black that, you know, sacrifices a clue specifically to give poison counters. Like, it has so many, like, it's you know, ticks so many boxes, I guess, for so many different players that... Um, I don't know. Garnered a lot of interest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be good. R right. I'm excited exactly. about how cool it is. Yep. Uh, why don't you hit us with one, Dave? I got you. I got you. Uh, speaking of cards that people are really excited about, we should talk about Crime Novelist. Yes. Uh, this is another card where if you're not driving right now, please get on the internet and look up the art for Crime Novelist. This guy is remarkable. I like badly yeah. want an artist proof of this card. <laughs> this is a mono red three mana goblin bard. We get a one three with the ability when you sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one plus one counter on Crime Novelist and add a red mana. What? So you can <laughs> sacrifice uh, treasures, and it's for not, double red. It's not an activated ability. It's just it's a, whenever, whenever you sacrifice one, definitely a trigger. Definitely sacrifice, a trigger. <laughs> sacrifice clues uh -huh. to make this guy swole as hell and get mana back for sacrificing the clues. You can sacrifice maps. You can sacrifice blood. Oh, maps, yeah. And sacrifice uh, your opponent's creatures that you stole with you certainly Wrangle, can as long as they're artifact creatures <laughs> as long as they're artifacts yep um yeah and it's not yeah. plus one plus one till the end of turn nope it gets a nope. counter it's a counter holy cow yeah uh i think this guy's gonna be a ton of fun i mean he's yeah, he's very fun. very vulnerable to things like you know like the, these cards that stack counters on themselves having having played bird horse a lot in my life i will tell you the cards that stack counters on themselves gonna get blown out by a bounce spell certainly will but in the meantime it's gonna be a really good time and he's and it's really red, cute so you're just gonna have to like watch it happen yeah because you can't do anything about it <laughs> you don't get to stop the bounce spells you don't get to protect this guy with yep. anything you just gotta be like okay hopefully i drew enough cards off those clue tokens that i can try again next time yep awesome yeah i, I i've already seen deck list floating around for it so it mm -hmm. should be super fun I'll probably yeah. toy around with it. I don't think I'll actually put one together just because there will be, you know, a hundred of these decks on Moxfield in the next month. So I'm pretty excited to see what people come up with, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll go here to my second one. This is one... Uh, I'm just... 
I don't know what to do with it. Like, I feel obligated to talk about this one. I feel that it should be talked about because the community as a whole is is pretty excited about this one. It's not often that you see multiple different types of players excited about an Orzov card. But this is Wisp Drinker Vampire. For two generic, a mm-hmm. white, and a black, you get a 2-4 flying uh, vampire rogue. When And it says, whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then it has a second uh, set of much less relevant rules text for seven mana five a white and a black it has the activated ability of creatures you control with power two or less gain death touch and life link until the end of turn so effectively this card in my eyes has one line of rules text i don't know i don't know what to do with this card like every time i think it is the um Oh, this is just, you know, Cleric of Life's Bond. And then I see something about this card that's a little better than that. Or, oh, this is just a Soul Sister in the Command Zone. Well, it's something a little bit better than that. Like, it's... it's There's a lot of tension with this card in my eyes as, like, an Or- Orzhov player, as a Soul Sisters player, as, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't know what to do with it, and I don't know if it's worth it, because, like... I was talking to, well, in our Discord the other day, you know, about this card specifically. We had a very good discussion about it. And, you know, Cliffhaven Vampire is a four-mana flying vampire. Exact same stats. It's a 2-4. And whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. Like, this is almost exactly the Wisp Drinker, but not quite as good. And that's what I've, that's what I've found with so many other Orzov commanders, is they're almost exactly the same, except for, like, three words. There's, like, half a sentence different that make the wisp drinker a little better, but I'm not sure if it's better enough, you know, to me personally that I, I want to build it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. How, how do you view this card, Dave? Do you like it? I know you're not like a huge, like Orzov player, but like just as a PDH I th- player, I think it's a really interesting take on the whole Cliffhaven idea. Mm-hmm. I like that. It makes you focus on little creatures. Right. I think it's it might honestly be a little, a little more comparable to like Corpse Knight. Yeah, that was another um, uh, comparison we talked about. Yep. So it's it's doing the drain thing for your little guys. I like that because this also gains you does the life gain thing, and is all it's like encouraging you to play the little guys like the Soul Sisters. I think that it's uh, this is going to be really nuts with you know the um, Basilica creatures and Marauding Blight Priest. Is when oh, this yeah, card is just going to go off the, the uh, rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're extorting things, and then when you're also, you know, hitting these, uh, the Marauding Blight Priest and the Epicure of Blood triggers, where anytime you gain life, your opponents lose life. Yeah, if you can stack a couple of those effects, then this is just going to go nuts. Um, I think that when you're looking at this card, you basically need to uh, ignore the last ability forever. Like, forever. Don't, don't ever. Don't don't make any plans on spending seven mana on this ability. Yeah, if it happens, Just, it happens. But yeah, sure. don't plan on it. Like if you if you have the Epicure of Blood and you need a couple more life gain triggers, like uh, sure, go for it. But like don't don't build that into your plan. Right. That's that's Plan H, and like <laughs> don't it's not Plan A. Please right. don't not build all. like it's Plan A. Uh, but yeah, having having this flying having a flying corpse knight that gains life 
I think is going to be pretty cool. Because, I mean, you still get all the Corpse Knight stuff, like, you know, Captain's Call, and you oh, see yeah. a guard approach, or not guard approach, whatever. Whatever the instant Captain's Call is that also gives a modal thing. Um, yeah, you have all of that, and, and those cards are, are going to go hard with the Wisp and Drink Vampire. Um, I yeah. I think that there th- there's other, like, Orzhov Life Drain effects that I think are more interesting. Like I've I've been really Ditto. enjoying the um the Ellen and Iron Throne combo. Oh sure, <laughs> a lot lately with like the you know she's also doing the the life drain maneuver but with food tokens and I think that that's just really fun. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna build the Wisp Drinker, but I'm 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 glad that she exists for other people to build. Right. Yeah, and that's I I, I don't know. There's something about this creature specifically that is just off in my head like I, I don't know if it's the mana cost i don't know if it's the first line of rules text like there's just something about it i, I think there's a little bit about a lot of it that i don't like like four totally mana seems like, seems like a lot why does it have to be power two or less why does it have to be a seven mana activated ability like all these little bitty things add up to a larger issue where i'm just like oh i'll just pay two mana for a two two cleric of life's bond and kind of sure. do the same thing yeah. You know, so or well, two mana for a corpse knight for a two, two and kind of do the same thing. They do a close enough valid. of the same thing that I don't know if I want to bother with the wisp drinker because I feel like the wisp drinker is like, okay, here I am. This is what I do. You have to play weenies. You have to play tokens. You're going to get blown out, but you have to play tokens. They're all going to die, but you have to play tokens. Like that's not really, it's secretly telling you what to do without being printed on the card. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it might as well say whenever Spirited Companion or a token enters the battlefield under your control, drain the table. And that's not really the direction I would want to go, but... For sure, yeah. We'll see. It's And I said it in the Discord, like, this is going to be... This is going to have to be a deck that I lose to three times, and then I'll build mm-hmm. it. Then I'll be, then yeah. I'll be convinced that it's actually <laughs> something. So, that's completely fair. Oh, so that's my little with Drinker rant. What do you think, Liam? You like it? You like the vampire? It's okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It is. Yeah, I just. I'm not super high on. I hate to say it. I'm not super high on the commanders in this set. I. They're That's all totally fair fine. too. Like they're yeah. all okay. <laughs> I know there are going to be people that are like, "What are you talking about? This one's amazing." I'm like, you know what? You do you. Right. I just. I. The the closest thing that had me excited was the f- four mana terrible version of. Uh, loyal apprentice. There's <laughs> mm. like yeah. a four mana loyal apprentice that you lose the token at the end of turn. Like awful, terrible. Like that's the most exciting thing. And then yeah. I looked at that and I was like, I'm I'm just gonna build loyal apprentice. Like I just <laughs> I, I've been looking at it. That card excited me, and I was like, but this is terrible. I'm just gonna go build the good loyal apprentice. So. Right. Totally, totally fair. Yeah. Uh, well, while you're on it, do you wanna do you have any other commanders you want to talk about, Liam? Yeah, I got I got one more I can talk about. Okay, there's the gleaming gear drake. It's blue and red for a one one artifact drake. Uh, it's got flying. When it enters the battlefield, you investigate, and whenever you sacrifice an artifact, put a one one counter on the gear drake. If I was going to build anything, if I was forced to build something from this set, it would be this, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's in my comfort zone. Like it's it's isn't mm, colors. Okay. It's it's asking for there to be a bit of a spell slinger theme because you want to flicker the Drake, but 
more or less it's it's also an artifact deck where you want to be sacrificing a bunch of different artifacts of different types you want artifacts to enter and be sacrificed so this is looking like an uh, another is it treasure clue token deck with yeah kind of voltronish but yeah uh, not really i mean not it's... super but you can take it that way like if you right if you wanted if, to i guess if you really yeah. wanted to um yeah seems seems fine Yep. Like, if I had to build something, it would be this, just because it's in my comfort zone. But even right. then, like, it's not screaming at me, so <laughs> it's it's okay. Oh, what do you got next, Dave? Got anything you want to tell us about? I, I have a couple of commanders that I think are still worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to very quickly mention Agency Outfitter, yeah. which is a mm-hmm. six-mana blue sphinx. For six mana, you get a 4-3 flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your graveyard hand and or library for a card named Magnifying Glass and or a card named Thinking Cap and put them directly onto the battlefield. (laughs) This is really cool for us as a PDH commander because both of those cards are common. Magnifying Glass is a three mana mana rock that lets you pay four to investigate. You can just make a clue token. Uh, it It was Bonder's Ornament before we had Bonder's Ornament. And uh, Thinking Cap is a brand new card in this set. It is a is equipment that gives the equipped creature plus one, plus two. And it, I think it equips for three or it equips to a detective for one. And Correct. notably, yep. this Sphinx is a detective. So mm-hmm. the maneuver is for six mana, you cast this 4-3 flyer. You get the Magnifying Glass. You get the Thinking Cap. You immediately tap the Magnifying Glass to equip the Thinking Cap. And you effectively have a... Five, six mana 5-5 five, five flyer that has created a mana rock for you. Yep. I think Seems that's good. super cool. I don't it think it's good. Cool. Yeah. But it's yeah, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, uh, you will, you'll see it at casual tables, but don't expect to like lose to it a bunch. It's right. just a really cool concept. Yeah. Honestly, the, there's the other sort of version of, we have of this in, in Popper is the Alpine Houndmaster that lets you search oh, your, yeah, or yeah. a couple specifically named dogs. Yep. <laughs> and like that one, I think is a more interesting card because it puts the dogs into your hand, mm-hmm. and in a red deck, you can run a lot of like uh, uh, thrill of possibility effects. Sure. To just get use out of these dogs over and over again. But this this guy's cool. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, he's very cool. The card that I think is really good is called Aftermath Analyst. Good this name. Is a great name this is a mono green two mana one three when it enters the battlefield you mill three cards for four mana and sacrifice this you can return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped i think this card is going to be super cool i think that you just want to play mono green self mill you want to dump a bunch of cards into your graveyard uh, and then when you have like ten lands in there, you just attack someone with a ravenous bailoff, or or uh, hedron scrabbler, just anything with a big landfall trigger. Yep. Oh, huge. Yep. And you just go, uh, okay, my my four four. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll put these. I'll put these ten lands into play right now. Three of them are fetch lands, so they're gonna go get three more lands, and my four four bailoff is now a 30-30 with Trample. Yeah, so, eat it. Take uh, it. Yep. Good, good talk. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> who's, who's next? Like, 
I'll also I'll ram through to the other guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just this has the potential for such really cool blowout turns, which is rare to see in like a, a self mill deck. I think. Yeah, so it's, it's a weird like self mill landfall combat deck, and I yeah. I love the idea of that. Yeah, I do too. And it fun, reads it's probably gonna play out kind of grindy, but then it just yeah. explodes, which is yeah. which is great. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, let's see here. What do I got on my list here? I got one. I actually got two from the uh, Clue side of the mm -hmm. new Ravnica set. If we want to move over there a little bit just for these. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Sumala Rumblers. Uh, I've actually seen quite a few people talk about this on Twitter. Even like EDH players, uh, like different. I don't know if, is the Clue set going to be like standard and Pioneer legal and all that stuff? No. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm a huge fan of Myriad. I've wanted more Myriad creatures pretty much since forever, especially after Baldur's Gate came out. Uh, but this is a four mana. It's two generic and two hybrid Selesnia for a worm. It's a star four, and the star, it's uh, Sumala's... So, start over. Sumala Rumbler's power is equal to the number of creatures you control, and this creature has Myriad. Myriad... That's fantastic. Uh, it doesn't have it's... trample. It doesn't have reach. It doesn't have anything like that. It just has myriad. It also doesn't have shroud. So it's got you no can shroud. Give it trample. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think it's great. Like I don't know. I've just been sort of on this you know kick lately of like Selesnia stuff, kind of go wide ish, and it's just it's funny. It's hilarious just to drop these gigantic worms on the table, and like you said with your you know your Bayloth landfall, like here it comes. You got to deal with it. Example, like that's what this is. Like, mm -hmm. you see it in the command zone, and your opponents see that, you know, you've amassed, like, six or eight creatures in that, you know, before you cast it, and then there it is, and here it comes, so. And it's Big in fan. populate colors. It is in very much populate and tokens colors, yeah. <laughs> if you populate the myriad tokens, they don't get exiled in the combat. They stick around. Yeah, they sure and then do. in the next combat, you can attack with the original and the populated token, yep. and get both of those myriad triggers <laughs> this is just getting better and better it just spirals out of control so relentlessly i yep. love it yep uh all right i'll throw it back to you dave what do you got uh i got a card this is another card that like i think mechanically five out of ten it's okay mm -hmm. Uh, thematically, I love the idea of this card, and I'm, I'm delighted that it's in the set. We need to talk about meddling youths. It's different from meddling kids. Correct. Uh, probably just for copyright issues. Legal it's a card purposes. called <laughs> Meddling Youths. It is absolutely an homage to uh, Scooby-Doo. Yep. Uh, it's a bunch of kids that run around solving crimes with their dog, and by solving crimes, I mean pulling the mask off of monsters to reveal it was old man... <laughs> old man gardener the whole time yep <laughs> um but yeah it's a five mana four five boros colored human detective for five mana your four five has haste and a battalion trigger Ooh. so when you attack with three or more creatures you get to investigate hmm. so uh boros a boros beater with haste and uh card draw I I think that Scooby Drew uh, is building this, and I, I love him and that support that. Yep. He, if anyone should build this, it's got to be Scooby. Yep. 
we at here? Get back here. I got one more to talk about, and then uh, we'll get towards the uh, moving on towards the end of the show here. One more from the Clue side of the set. Uh, this is one that I don't know. When it got spoiled, like a few people talked about it, and we're like super duper excited about it. I thought this one would get a little more traction than it actually did, but I'm pretty stoked to like try to throw together a few different ideas and see where I end up landing on it. And that's Furious Spine Splitter. It's the uh, four mana, three, three ogre warrior. It's two generic and two gruel hybrid. It's got trample. So four mana, three, three trample. And it's probably average on rate. But at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on Furious Spine, Spinter, Spine Splitter for each opponent that was dealt damage this turn. So you cast it on turn four and by turn five, you're, you have a six, six or whatever. Like it's just going to keep growing bigger and it's one of the things i love to do in red is just smack the whole table with damage even if it's myself you know flame rift and end the festivities and all these cars that just hit everybody like this we mentioned it uh maybe on the show but definitely in the pre-show like this could easily be a dragon's approach deck Mm -hmm. here you go like it just and then nothing but flings and souls fires and gravitic punches and all that good stuff so i don't know it seems fun it seems kind of linear but i feel like you can build it uh, probably not in 30 different ways, probably more like four different ways, but it still seems super duper fun. What do you think, Liam? Are you a fan of the big gruel ogre? You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They're fine. I mean, the, the, fine. the, the clue commandos are at least better than the main set ones. And I think it's because they're not going into standard or modern. They could make them slightly better. Correct. Um, I agree. I, I'm a little perturbed that in that cycle, the Orzov one ended up being because because they made they made new uncommons, like one new uncommon for each color combination. I'm mm-hmm. a little perturbed that like eight of the guilds got a creature and then the Orzov got an instant and Ractus got a, a an aura. Now, yeah. That being said, that instant and that aura, phenomenal cards. Yeah, they're real good, <laughs> real good cards. But still upset that these two guilds didn't get uh, uh, creatures, so it couldn't be a cycle. But overall, like the the clue creatures seem fine, like they seem good. Uh, yep. I just I I'm not going to build any of them. No, that's totally fair. I I don't know if I'll actually put the spine splitter together in paper, but it just seems like a fairly explosive deck. Kind of funny too. What do you think, Dave? Do you like it? I think it's going to be super cool. I think that red yeah. has so many ways to trigger that that it basically reads it's a three mana it's a it's a three three that just gets three counters at the end every. of every end. Every turn. If it's alive, yeah. put counters on it. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, I agreed. think that's just going to get out of hand in a big hurry, and I want that to happen. Yeah, same here. That feels perfectly gruel to me. Yeah. It's got a sweet name, too. Yeah, Spine Splitter. Listen, I, I feel like it. one of those pingos that just hits each opponent is all you need. Yeah. Firebrand Archer, Thermo Alchemist, like... Yeah. Crazy. And then it's just gonna fill the deck not, with it's gonna do the thing spells. every single turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna do the thing every turn all the time. Yeah. Oh Dave. What do you got left? I only have one card left that I need to all talk right. about. Alright. Uh this is also from the clue edition. This is there's a lot of, I, I'll I'll sort of agree with everyone else. I think that the clue edition has much more interesting effects and abilities than the the main set. Yeah. Uh for for PDH commanders. 
the one that I'm really excited about is called Portal Manipulator. Portal Manipulator is an Azorius colored 4 mana 3-2 with flash. Mm-hmm. When Portal Manipulator enters, enters the battlefield during the declare attacker step, choose target player and any number of target attacking creatures their opponents control. Those creatures are now attacking that player. So you just get to send any number of attacking creatures at someone's face. That was not expecting it. Uh, they probably were expecting it because Portal Manipulator is going to sit in your command zone being like, what do you think is going to well, happen, true. bud? Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> whether or not they were expecting it uh, still happens. Like, they can try to play around it. But, like, uh, there's not a lot you can do. Like, what are you going to... You're just going to choose not to attack forever because you're worried about a Portal Manipulator? No. <laughs> like, it's got to happen. Right. And then as soon as you think you're safe, because the portal manipulator's on the field, someone's going to be like, whoops, here's a flicker. Yeah, here's a cloud shift. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, super I'm, interesting. Yeah, this is the one that I've designed a deck for already, and I, I think she's going to be extremely entertaining. Yeah, it should be pretty entertaining. I like it. I, I like, obviously, flash creatures are fun, whether they're in the 99 or the command zone, but I like one, I like flash creatures in the command zone that have the ability to affect the game because like you said everyone sees it it's in the command zone the whole time and they're just like do i go for it do you know it's got flash what are they gonna do is it gonna come in this turn should i not attack with everything should i just go out and attack with everything like it really like affects the game without even being on the battlefield i think Mm -hmm. that's super interesting it's great yeah super great oh i think that about wraps up our new card talk I'm out of commanders. I think Liam's out of commanders. You got any commanders left, Dave? I'm done. I'm spent. I am spent. How are we looking on time? What do you think about the 3-3 edition, the 3 by 3 I think I think we should mention it real fast. Fair. I can totally fair. I can So here's here's the 3 by 3 for Portal Manipulator. Do it. I built I, a deck I, where I, I am actually interested, yeah. Every single non-land is an instant or has flash. I am. This is quintessentially Drago. I am never under any circumstances going to spend any mana on my turn. So oh, during your like, turn, uh, sounds like OG. <laughs> yeah, during your turn, when you are staring down a board state, thinking, "Am I going to turn things sideways?" I am always going to have all of my mana up. That is terrifying. Right? And, like, the <laughs> cards I'm going to play are bad. Like, I am playing a bunch of really aggressively bad cards. Like, the only way I'm going to have a board state with this deck that has nothing but flash, flash cards and instants is I'm going to I'm gonna play cards like Living Tempest, which is a 5-mana 3-3 three, three flying flash. So, like, right. if I don't have to Portal Mage on my turn, I'm going to spend my mana playing a 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> like... Yep. It's real bad, fam, but it's really intimidating, and that's the goal. That's my 3x3. Three three. Uh, play, play Portal Manipulator, end every single turn with a full grip and a full all of your mana open, and maintain eye contact with the active player yeah, you have every to. time. You have to. Yeah, this it's is the, not it's a spell table deck. <laughs> right. Yeah, this, this is, is an in-person a, deck. This is an in-person deck. You've got you yeah. to be able to look them in the eye. Oh, that's awesome. 
Uh, Liam, let's just say hypothetically you're forced to build a commander <laughs> deck from this set. What are you chicken? Or what, what are you choosing? What, what am I chicken? Uh, yeah, I, I, got, I was going to say picking, and I was going to say choosing, and it just <laughs> came out chicken. Sounds good. Uh, well, I will feed that chicken to the Gleaming Drake. <laughs> uh, like, like I said earlier, I would build this just because it's in my comfort zone. It's artifacts, it's spell slingers, it's, 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 it's one of the things I'm super comfortable with. Uh, in terms of like what the strategy is, is it's just make as many self-sacrificable or artifacts that want to be sacrificed as possible into the deck. So all the all of the effects that make treasures, all of the effects that make uh, uh, clues, probably most of the effects that make foods and bloods. Bloods, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, putting in the popper, 60 card popper staples of whenever this artifact enters the battlefield and put into a graveyard do effect. And then just most of those things are going to be non-creatures and spells, so just all the typical payoffs for those. And just running it, like, I, I think we all have or have played against a deck that is exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we it's not like the gleaming gear drake is breaking new ground. So no. it's not like it's this novel creature, but it's super interesting for some reason. Like I'm not typically drawn to the crackling drakes or you know, I had the uh what is it, the Chimera what's the is it Chimera? Spellheart Chimera. Uh, mi- yeah, thank you mischievous i had that one built for a little while but like typically i'm not really drawn to those kind of is it decks i'm more of like a true spell slinger prowessy type thing but this one's pretty interesting i gotta admit it's i like that it investigates i like the art is cool it's an artifact itself so that's kind of yeah, neat I, like i, I think I the thing that's drawing me to it is the fact that it is an artifact and it ETBs with another one that it's super cool super cool what do you think dave do you like the gear drake yeah, I think that not, we have not a, enough to build it, but I think that we have a bunch of gear drakes, and like I, we I do. like that there's new options for it. But mm-hmm. like, so I many years ago I had the Spellheart Chimera deck built, which is the same sort of idea where you you take one is it commander, you get it up real big, and then you cast Team or Battle Rage and yeet someone out of the game. Correct. And it turns out that I really really dislike that play pattern mm-hmm. because the first person gets taken by surprise. And they're out of the game in seven minutes. And then someone kills your thing. And then you just sit there for a while and you don't end the game for another 40 minutes. And that one guy you eat it out first is like, man, what, sure what, would be terrible, like magic. what terrible series of decisions has led me to spectate a game of magic for 40 minutes yep. while my friends play. And it's just like it, it kind of just always feels bad. So We've all been I, there. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Cool. I guess that leaves me. I am actually pretty interested i don't know if i'll put it together in paper i'll definitely put together a moxfield deck for it maybe stream it or you know play test it uh, on other people's streams but that's the spine splitter we just talked about it It, i don't know which direction i want to go but i like that i like that about it it's the commander itself is very clear it wants to get bigger and it wants to trample and it wants to kill your opponents with its bare hands that's what it wants to do but how you get there is totally up to you there's a handful of different routes you can go i like the pingers approach you know the alchemists and the archers and that sort of thing i also like the uh i probably won't go the dragons approach route just because if i do build it in paper i have like two of those and i don't think that's really enough to make a dragons approach deck so i may not Mm -hmm. go that route um other than that you know maybe just 
like a group slug type thing, you know, where it's flame rift. I know we don't have a ton of flame rift type effects at common, but flame rifts and maybe like tokens and impact trimmers or something like that. You know, just something that it's a little bit different, but along the same lines. And then regardless of which build I end up landing on, all three of them are going to have fling and souls fire and gravitic punch. Before I even put lands in, those three cards are going in the deck because they just kind of have to. Oh, and probably ram through. So there's like, I need to come up with 95 other cards. And it's flame cool rift. because, yeah, flame rift. Oh, we're, we're almost there. We're like halfway there. <laughs> if, if my math is correct, we're like halfway there already. Math checks uh, out. Math checks out. And it's cool because, like, if I wanted to leave this as just a Moxfield deck that I uh, play on other people's streams or if we just get a LFG game going in the Discord or something, this is a Moxfield deck that I could literally build, like, four versions of for the same commander. Like, that's pretty hard to do in paper. Like, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but on Moxfield, you know, I could have all three or four versions and just have this commander fit whatever mood I feel like playing. And I like that about it. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. So I hadn't really decided or landed on a particular deck list, but I think it's pretty um, it's pretty wide open. It's open enough that you can be creative with it, you can be interesting with it, but it's still fairly linear. And I like that. Like there's there's not hard guardrails, you know, on this track, but there are there are some lines to stay within. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I like that quite a bit. So that'd probably be the one that I ended up landing on. I like it. Yeah, me, me too, me too. Whew, cool. I think that wraps up our entire uh, Murders of Karlov Manor slash Clue set review. Do you guys have anything you wanted to add? Did anything come up in the last two plus hours that you just uh, have to get into the listeners' ears? No. What about what about you, Liam? You good? Have you fallen in love with the set, or is it all still just eh, kind of fine? It's just an A kind of fine set. <laughs> totally fair. They can't all be bangers. Overall... I don't know. I'm pretty happy with the set. I think the, uh, I think I said it in the pre-show maybe, but it feels like the the main the murder set, the main set is a little uh, parasitic. Like every card cares about the themes that are only in this set, and you can only find them in this set, like detectives and um, and you know that sort of thing. Like yeah, and that's fine. It's a very very thematic set. It's very kind of top down, and it's awesome. I'm glad they did it, but that doesn't typically lead or leave a lot for other formats, specifically ours, to, like, pick and choose from. So they can't all be bangers. All right, Dave, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, I I think the set is fine. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I've, 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 I've stolen Liam's phrase now. Uh, trademark. There, it's fine. It's fine. I So, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that, that I, I love it when sets are fine. Like, mm -hmm. Absolutely. when when we get, you know, Commander Legends, I lose my mind about it. And then I start actually doing the work of updating decks, and I just immediately am exhausted and hate Commander Legends. Right. Uh, I think that this deck is going to be super fun and limited. I think that it's giving us a, uh, a an adequate collection of cool new toys. Mm -hmm. I think Demand Answers is outstanding. I'm really excited about Escape Tunnel. I think we have this this new Think Twice uh, deduce is it like I think yep. I think there's there's a handful of cards I'm really excited about and I'm excited about them in a way that isn't going to make like updating my decks an exhausting terrible chore 
Yep. So I think that this deck is going to be really good. This uh, this is going to hit the mark really well. Like yep. that is approximately the the mark that I hope most sets hit. Mm-hmm. Like I I can I can tolerate one or two commander masters. I can tolerate one commander commander legends every year. This isn't it. And yes, I love not that. it at all. Yeah, I absolutely love that for those reasons. That was a very yes. good explanation. Oh, all right, cool. We just got a few more things before we wrap it up for the week. If you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can follow us on Instagram or X slash Twitter at the PDH Pod. You can email the show at the pod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Home Base's website. It'll take you to their Discord server. You can find pretty much everybody in the Popper Commander Popper Commander community hanging out over there. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and at Popper underscore B respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as the Alcadron just about everywhere else. PDH is being talked about. All the uh, social links and uh, everything else will be down in the show details. You can check those out. And we're going to wrap up episode 85, but we got to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, uh, go figure out who done it and we'll see you in about a week peace cheers see ya i brought pop text to the party pop. i brought pop text to the party